Light No Fire looks to be the next big game, not just from Hello Games, but the next big game for the gaming industry. After a quick history of No Man's Sky trailer during the Game Awards of 2023, Sean Murray took to the stage to showcase what Hello Games has been working on. In addition to seven years of free updates for No Man's Sky, Hello Games has apparently been building a game that will feature the first true open world. Beyond that, Sean Murray seemed to enjoy the opportunity to take some friendly digs at Starfield and Todd Howard. Coming away from the Game Awards, I thought that Light No Fire stole the show, but it also managed to climb to the top of my my most anticipated games list and I want to tell you why why am I so excited about this game why do I think that it's my most anticipated game why do I think it's going to be the next big game I want to talk about that but I also want to look at the mixed reactions to the trailer and this game given Hello Games history with No Man's Sky. Now I put all the good information right here at the beginning sort of in the form of a monologue. It opens up the live show. Once I am done with that I discuss it with the live audience. So it's a longer video, that's why, but I make it so you can just watch the beginning. If you want to be here for the live shows, make sure you hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss my content. Well, Hello Games and Sean Murray are at it again with their latest announced game, Light No Fire. They are taking aim at something they describe as being even more ambitious than No Man's Sky, if that's even possible. With a bit of a ribbing from Jeff Keighley, Sean Murray debuted the Light No Fire announcement trailer during the Game Awards. Jeff was sort of teasing him about, well, you know, are you going to overpromise? Is this going to be kind of crazy? And he seemingly was very aware of of the troubled past of No Man's Sky and some of the press in the interviews that didn't treat them all that well in the lead up to the troubled launch of No Man's Sky. So Sean Murray seemed very aware of that reality. Now, this obviously is very much influenced by No Man's Sky, but it does feel a bit different this time. Murray seemed to have a bit of confidence. He was a bit more at ease, even though he is a little bit awkward. I think he's a great guy, but he had an awkward form of swagger like he knew what they were going to show was going to get everybody excited and be good it seems that after seven years of free updates to no man's sky i would say he's earned that confidence and maybe a little bit of swagger as no man's sky is now not just a better game than when it launched i would say that no man's sky is a completely different game than what they had originally even marketed in many ways it has far surpassed their original promises and trailers. So first, I just want to summarize what happened and what's been said about this game. This includes what some feel are obvious digs at Todd Howard and Starfield, and while I first thought folks were reading a little bit too much into things, Sean took to Twitter to make it very clear that he to a certain degree has Starfield in his sights. Now the second thing I want to look at is the reaction to this game and trailer. Needless to say, it's not all been hype and excitement for some. The shadow of No Man's Sky and its poor launch still has hangs over Hello Games and Sean Murray. I will try to react, but also give representation to the spectrum of response that I'm seeing. Overwhelmingly, though, it seems everybody is very excited about this, and I want to talk about why that was a pleasant surprise for me. Lastly, I am going to tell you what I think about this game and why this is one of my most anticipated games now. This is more than just another game trailer. This feels like another round of what I went through when I followed No Man's Sky when it originally started announcing itself and talking about itself. So first and foremost, what happened? So obviously the trailer has been combed over up one side and down the other. I already gave a brief reaction to 
the trailer okay so we covered the game awards already and when we covered the game awards i gave my brief sort of reaction and summary in that live show i talked about the good and the bad and i fundamentally concluded that this thing stole the show but far more important than what they showed is what they said the first thing that really caught my attention that i missed in the excitement over the trailer is that they have been working on this game for five years already Sean Murray said it from the stage and I kind of didn't hear it I was just like kind of struck that they were there I was excited that they were there you know we knew that they had been working on something but they also tweeted the following from the Twitter account they said the next game from Hello Games we've been working on this for the last five years so they have made sure everybody knows this thing has been in development for five years now it has been said that it is only a small team that has been working on it a few media outlets have echoed this one of them being the Verge. Uh, I would see this announcement as potentially being a shift point since the game can now be wishlisted on Steam. So in my research, Hello Games has around 35 employees. I would anticipate a slow bandwidth turn as Sean Murray did indicate they have more coming for No Man's Sky. So like No Man's Sky is not done. He was there to talk about like, hey, here's a trailer of everything we've done in No Man's Sky. He says they're, they're, they're getting more stuff next year. But then he wanted to show what they've also been working on, which was light no fire. And I think that this trailer could serve as a great catalyst to also potentially acquiring more talent. Now, they've more than just sort of been able to say, hey, we've been working on this for five years. They're also tweeting things out. They're sort of going full court press here. They said that this is an Earth-sized game with oceans, fantasy RPG elements, big chonky dragons, and tiny evil skeletons. And this is where we need to look at some of what Sean said during the interview during sort of this this press event well like the game awards event he spoke about video game mountains and he wanted to have actual real size mountains in his game he wants to have the first real open world game like basically make an explorable earth that you can go anywhere in and if you want to fly over or climb a mountain it's going to be the size of a mountain in you know true to form true to scale of real Life. Now, he mentioned during this that the game would not have any boundaries, and some people saw this as a dig at Starfield, and I initially dismissed that. I said that's just a word that people use. I don't think that he would do that, but as my previous coverage indicated, his tweet with the Starfield Dorito bag, and he said that he was so hungry, and then a couple of pictures with Todd Howard, it made it clear he's taking very playful digs at the Bethesda Space RPG, and you can see why. If you go to the Steam page, this is how they describe the game. Light No Fire is a game about adventure, building, survival, and exploration together. Set on a fantasy planet the size of Earth, it brings the depth of a role-playing game to the freedom of a survival sandbox. So you can see sort of the melding of genres here. It's not just a survival game. It's not just an exploration game. It's not just an adventure game. It's sort of all of those games wrapped into one. And it's saying that it's going to bring the depth of a role-playing game into this world or this earth that they're building. Now, all those things, I think they also describe it as a multiplayer earth, a procedural earth, a fantasy earth, and an unexplored earth. So they kind of use these bullet points to talk about how it is multiplayer, procedural, fantasy, and unexplored. 
And the way they describe the procedural Earth actually really stuck out to me. This is what they have to say about it being a procedural Earth. They said, a truly open world with no boundaries at a scale never attempted before. A massively varied and dense planet filled with immersive biomes, unique enemies, and valuable resources to discover. So you can see why this is getting attention. Hello Games is once again trying to do something that hasn't really been done before. Now, based on the description, I could actually see the game being a little bit more heavy on the adventure or the fantasy side. You can see that people are playing as otters, badgers, foxes, humans, rabbits, hares. There's all sorts of different beings that you can play as. So very heavy on fantasy and adventure, exploration and survival. It could be lighter on the RPG elements, even though it does have the RPG tag and it's says listen there's fantasy rpg elements they said that in the one tweet and but when you look at the description they do talk more about the survival the exploration the adventure and the fantasy the initial description does say it'll bring the depth of a role-playing game to the freedom of a survival sandbox so all the section beneath it just feel like they focus a little bit more on exploration adventure and survival now i would love to see more details about the deep rpg systems if they are in fact deep and when talking about the fantasy aspect of the game they indicate that you are not the hero in this game and the world is thick with lore mystery charm and the imagination from classic fantasy and with the variety of vistas biomes landscapes creatures and characters i could see this game being popular across a wide spectrum of players. Folks who love survival games as well as gamers who like fantasy adventure games or RPGs. So, what's the reaction been to this game? Okay? I wasn't surprised to see a lot of skepticism or crossed arms or doubt about this game. Not because of its ambition, but because of who is making it. So, I like to pull a variety of responses and reactions to see what people think because it represents what a broad spectrum of players think about a given topic game or announcement rather than just be like hey everybody's excited or everybody's angry i try to give good representation on any topic that we cover so much of the talk show after this monologue i imagine we're going to end up focusing on sean murray and whether or not he lied about no man's sky that seemingly eternal debate with some sectors of the gaming world will likely be a factor in the marketing runway for this game. Okay, people are going to bring that up. Now, on the morning of December the 13th, when I was finishing up this monologue, the Light No Fire trailer has already pretty much doubled its view count. It was at 4.6 million views just a couple of days ago, and now it's at 8 million, okay? I had previously highlighted the fact that just after two days of the trailer being live on the Hello Games YouTube channel, that it had surpassed and was now the most popular video on their channel, and it was at like 4.6 million views. Both the No Man's Sky Origins and the next-gen trailers for No Man's Sky only have 2 million views on the Hello Games channel. I say only has 2 million views. That's insane, right? That's great viewership for those trailers, but this thing is blowing those out of the water. Needless to say, at 8 million views and counting, keep in mind, Hello Games YouTube channel only has 112,000 subs. Now, I say only. I mean, I would love to have 112,000 subs, right? I'm not saying that's small, but when you have 112,000 subs and then you have a video that has 8 million views, that's a huge, huge jump, and that's really, really meaning, I think, that this game is highly highly catching the attention 
of the gaming world. It's getting traction. Now, I threw out a question about this on Twitter. I was like, all right, what do you guys think? Are you skeptical? Are you doubtful? Obviously, we're seeing a lot of excitement. Folks saying that the game looks epic, that they're going to be there day one. I wholeheartedly agree. I... I'm going to justify my excitement and trust in Hello Games in a moment, but as we move along the responses, we start to see things like Donnie from Pure Dead Gaming Podcast. He had this to say. He said, looks fantastic, but we've been here before. However, Hello Games have proven they can do things right, and I'm certain they won't blank it up again like they did. Okay, so basically, this is very light on apprehension, right? And I agree. We've been here before, okay? I think that's fair to say. We've been here before many times with many games, but Donnie seems to agree with me, right? Hello Games has really proven themselves. Silent Spartan weighed in and said, I'm skeptical, but interested. So you can see there's almost a continuum that we're moving along here. And on the more skeptical or maybe even critical side of things, I've seen folks literally say this. They're like, I don't trust Sean Murray. Or they'll say things like, well, I'll believe it when I see it, right? They, they think this is all fake or the game isn't going to be that good. Now, this is tied to what I've already sort of referenced. There was a lot of interviews leading up to the launch of No Man's Sky where Sean talked about features or things that were not in the game at launch. Or there was the famous interview where he continued to say that multiplayer and seeing other players wasn't the focus of the game. It wasn't something people should you know expect to have happen. But he was sort of badgered into saying, yes, okay, that's, it's, it, that's in the game. All right? YouTube videos were made articles were written and that narrative still looms large in the minds of many gamers in the area of excitement I did see a lot of agreement however so there are the people that sort of remember that era of time and that's all they remember but then there's people that are very excited I saw people you know agreeing with what I said they said this was the best trailer of the game awards I've said many times that I feel that it stole the show which I think for hello games and even no man's sky that's a big win To be as small as they are, to have less than 50 employees, to show up to a world stage that large and outshine major publishers, platforms, and developers, I think it's impressive. Now, I did see some responses that were almost anticipating problems, but they were mingled with confidence. Jukins5 on Twitter said that it's one of the studios that even if they release a dud, I'd be confident at some point they'll be able to fix it. And I saw this sentiment in a lot of the responses. I thought this was very interesting. Basically, people were saying they're the most qualified to make a game like this, but more than that, they'll be the best studio to fix it and improve it over time. This was echoed by a friend of mine, Ginger Prime. He said, I'm beyond excited for this. I can't wait to learn more. And the studio has more than shown that even if things don't go 100% right out of the gate, they'll keep on trucking and make it right. This is right in line with how I'm thinking about the game, but you can almost sense in the minds of people saying, listen, even if this thing has issues or problems out of the gate, dude, these are the guys that'll make it right. They will fix it. I'm excited. I want to learn more. And Hello Games has my trust and confidence. But one last thing I want to say before I sort of tell you why I'm so confident is some things I saw in the reactions, okay? First, some just flat out said that this game is too good 
to be true, right? It does feel like we are on the precipice of games that are truly changing in size and scope and technology. And that sort of has felt like a teetering giant that just refuses to fall, okay? We feel as if we've been here before with games and trailers with, you know, and the skepticism about gaming in general seems to be growing. We've had big promises, big budgets, and big trailers before, which is why I think Starfield is part of the conversation. I also have notice a surprising lack of anger or animosity about Sean Murray's very clear digs at Starfield. Now, maybe this is because Hello Games isn't really owned by a rival platform. If Hello Games was like a PlayStation studio, maybe people would be really angry. Like, everybody got really angry at Christopher Judge's harmless joke about Call of Duty, and it seemed largely motivated by the fact that, like, he voices a character for PlayStation, and Call of Duty is now owned by Xbox. Just childish and silly. It was a harmless joke. And maybe Hello Games is dodging some of that fire, because they're not owned by a platform, and maybe that's helping them. Or... Maybe at some level, folks know that Hello Games has proven that they can make a great space exploration game, so that's fueling the interest and the intrigue into Light No Fire. It's like, hey man, you know, even people that love Starfield are like, look man, I, No Man's Sky is pretty cool, Hello Games does great work, maybe there's some confidence there in the gaming world of the industry that's keeping some of that down. People just saw it as playful. I thought it was playful. I don't think Sean Murray had any malice in his heart. I think he was just having some fun. All right, now let me justify my thoughts. I have said a lot of glowing things about this trailer. I've said a lot of glowing things about Hello Games. I said it stole the show. I said they have my trust and they have my confidence. I said that this is now one of my most anticipated games. Well, why am I saying that? I feel like this is No Man's Sky 2 in some respects, right? I have followed every aspect of No Man's Sky before it launched. Every interview, every trailer, every piece of gameplay or footage. I was hooked. I was a fan from the first time they showed us the game. So I was in a prime position to be very critical of No Man's Sky when it launched. And I was critical of the game. But I saw the gaming industry and the community completely overreact and misrepresent the game and Sean Murray and Hello Games. And lesser men and lesser studios would have packed it up and disappeared and been like, I don't, I don't have any interest in dealing with the hate and the animosity and the ridicule, okay? But they pressed on. They spent the last seven years making No Man's Sky the single greatest comeback story for a video game in history. No game has come this far or done this much with respect to improvement, changes, and evolution. I've said many times, they went far beyond just adding what was promised. They basically built No Man's Sky 2 inside of No Man's Sky. So when I say that this feels like No Man's Sky 2, what I mean is this. This feels like a proper second go-around. And and just like last time, I want to follow the game every step of the way. I want to end with a comment from Rami Ismail. And this was highlighted by Games Radar. He tweeted the following. He said, I love how unabashedly No Man's Sky the Light No Fire trailer is. It's a very direct quote, we got it wrong last time. We'll own that. But we worked our way to our promises and this time y'all know we can do this and we can do it well. I couldn't have said it better myself. You can feel the No Man's Sky DNA beneath the surface. You can feel Hello Games flexing their talent, their vision, their hard-learned lessons. And yes, I think that Light No Fire is the next big game. But that's just what I think. What do you think? 
So let me give you my sort of closing thoughts and conclusion here. Number one, Hello Games has earned itself a reputation that far outweighs the negativity and the hate that was thrown at them. I remember it being virtually impossible to stream No Man's Sky without it devolving into trolls and haters just hijacking the live chat. Why are you playing this game? People still play this game? You know they lied, right? Like that was what it would devolve into. It didn't matter how much the game had improved, how much had been added to the game for free, or how good the game looked obsessive anti-fans were always waiting in the shadows to jump out and remind you that the game was bad at one point in time. Well, I love how silent and inconsequential those voices are now. They, They failed, okay? And No Man's Sky is now a roaring success. The second thing I want to say is, I'm genuinely happy that the response and the interest in this trailer has mostly matched my own feelings. I immediately took to Twitter to praise it and claim that it stole the show. And a big part of me thought that, you know what, this is going to be viewed as a, as a hot take or people are going to disagree with me. I, I honestly thought that. I thought when I put that out there and said, this thing stole the show, this, is, this has got to be my most anticipated game. I thought a ton of people were going to be like, dude, shut up. It's Hello Games. But the response has been the exact opposite. It is clear from the performance of this trailer to the reactions that I continue to see that this game is climbing the wish lists and the anticipation charts of the gaming world. My conclusion is this. I hope that this new game and the state of No Man's Sky continues to put to bed the debate of, well, we shouldn't support games that try to fix themselves. That line of reasoning would have Hello Games be a footnote in a gaming documentary one day, instead of a small studio towering over AAA developers at one of the biggest gaming events of the year. If the cynics and the haters had their way, No Man's Sky wouldn't exist anymore, Hello Games would likely have shut down, and Light No Fire wouldn't even be a concept or an idea. The technology and the influence and the ideas of Hello Games has affected the gaming world and it will likely reverberate for years to come. And I think Light No Fire will continue that resonance. So for now, we wait. And I've told you why I'm excited. Well, now I want to hear what you have to say. That's the show open. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome into Input Delay, the daily talk show here on Reforge Gaming. I'm your host, Lono, and we definitely delayed our input on this, okay? I talked about it a little bit during my Game Awards show, but I wanted to do an entire monologue and show just on Light No Fire because... This game is absolutely, the trailer is just cooking on that channel. And in the grand scheme of things, a channel with, a, you know, 100,000 subscribers having a video with 8 million views is just absolutely phenomenal. Let me pop out the chat here and see what y'all are saying over here. Captain Steve, with eight months of membership, says, Light No Fire has kept my fire lit for gaming, stole the show, in my opinion. Always good to see you, Captain Steve. Friend of the show and a member as well, and he covers a lot of No Man's Sky. If you guys are looking for great No Man's Sky coverage, check out Captain of the Steves there. Captain Steve, appreciate you, man. And uh, we, 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 we might have to do a show in the future together, he and I, talking about this game and, and where we think it's going to go and what we think 
they're gonna do so start the day right do me a favor smash that like button get the likes going let's we've already got our first 100 likes so let's set our sights on getting 200 likes and phrase cram comes in with the first super chat of the day and says sean murray's redemption story is now complete light no fire is at the top of the list for day one purchases right up there with gta 6 thank you so much phrase cram for the five dollar super chat tip and we'll see who decides to take the first membership or gifted membership of the day and that will get us closer to our goal captain c says up for that 100 percent did they announce another no man's sky update Sean Murray said they'll be doing more in 2024, but he did not give an official announcement. If you want my personal theory on what they're going to do, next year will likely serve as a bandwidth allocation shift. I could I could envision No Man's Sky shifting more into a live team support where you continue to get the expeditions because you know you those are basically like a season in diablo right and i think you're going to continue to get those but that will likely be a smaller team i don't know if after 2025 because we know they have things slated for 2025 i'm sorry i'm sorry 2024 we know they have things slated for 2024 I don't know if after 2024 you're going to be getting these big massive substantive updates for for No Man's Sky. Unless of course they expand and get a bunch of people to come on board and help out with Light No Fire so they can just keep on trucking with No Man's Sky. Roger with 22 months of memberships and it's a VIP. Really excited for the conversation around this game. Welcome back Roger. And there it is. Han shot first and so did you. RPG with the first gifted member of the day. We're on the doorstep of 2200 members and we're trying to get to 2500 before Friday. If you guys can get to 2500 members Friday will be a community game night. Hilly is returning to the show for some Hilly hijinks. And another gifted member comes in from Sneaky Wolf. Thank you so much, Sneaky Wolf. If you guys want to join us, not just by watching, but you'll be able to play with us for community game night, hit that goal of 2,500. I believe that we can do it. Once Light No Fire releases, they will start on No Man's Sky 2. So do you think that they have that plan, Dave, that they're going to like, they're going to, you think they're going to sort of like alternate between the two? I don't know. I feel like Light No Fire is their big next thing that they're going to primarily focus on. I don't know. Do they want to make a No Man's Sky 2? Ginger Prime, you got quoted in the opening monologue, Ginger. 27 months. Thanks so much for being here, Ginger. A single gifted member from Patrick Q. Patrick Q, one of the more faithful single gifted member gifters out there. Appreciate that so, so much. You are the best. Eventually, I'm going to be able to, like, gift 10 members a month to you guys so isn't no man's sky ongoing it is it is that's why i'm curious i i don't know if they would ever really even need to build a no man's sky 2 like i said i feel like they built no man's sky 2 like inside of inside of no man's sky you know what i mean i don't i don't know if you need to do a no man's sky 2 i'm not opposed to it right I'm not opposed to it. I could totally see them being like, hey, we're going to take everything we learned from No Man's Sky and the seven years of updates. We're going to take everything we learned from Light No Fire. And then in, you know, 2032, they release No Man's Sky 2 or something. And it's freaking crazy. I mean, as tech advances, as consoles get stronger, as computers get stronger, as VR becomes more common, maybe. 
But yeah, I agree with Patrick Q. I think No Man's Sky already has No Man's Sky 2. They just built it inside the game. Resolve with a single gifted. Those single gifted members add up quick. And every 25, I give 5. So my memberships are a part of those goals. I will help you guys get to 2,500 as much as you. Every time we get that 25, man, you guys have made me gift, you know, 20, 50, sometimes even 100 members in a day. No Man's Sky is on current gen with its own version, says Lancelot. It is perpetual. They have only announced uh, that a second project was in the works, and Light No Fire is it. If they do No Man's Sky 2, it's a decade away. Yeah, that's why I said, like, 2032, you know what I mean? It'd be a ways out. Terminal Stupidity comes in with the first five bomb of the day. Thank you so much, Terminal Stupidity, getting us a little bit closer to the goal we have a stretch goal as well. If you guys want to make me sing Christmas carols, we'll do a night of Frickmas. We do have a stretch goal as well. Welcome in if you've never been here before. I am Lono. The name of the channel is Reforge Gaming, and we are talking about the Light No Fire trailer reaction that I had that other people seem to be having, that this is the next big game, not just from Hello Games. I think this is the next big game. Like, this is it. Like, the way that people think and talk about No Man's Sky as almost a pivotal game historically... I believe Light No Fire will be very, very similar uh, in that regard. I do. I believe it will. And I, I, I understand there, the, the skepticism and the doubt surrounding Hello Games. Funny enough, I, I like. I think more and more, it's it, it's dying out. There, there was a time where you couldn't cover, you couldn't stream, you couldn't talk about or play No Man's Sky without people just pouring in the door to be like, yeah, well, Sean, Sean Murray Lloyd, you know, female avatars. Yeah, yeah, there, there's, uh, as far as what you can play as in the game, uh, we've seen, uh, like a man dressed as a wizard, we've seen a woman with, like, a ponytail, I've seen what looks like an otter, uh, hairs, like rabbits, but better, (laughs) hairs, um, if you're a fan of Redwall, you would get that, uh, we've, we've seen hairs, uh, what looks like a fox or a wolf, uh, badger, what looks like maybe is a polar bear or some type of bear, it looks like you can play as all kinds of fantasy creatures some type of an amphibian like i don't know like a frog or something at one point so i still think towers of agaspa will give light no fire a run for its money uh if it's as good as the trailer i don't doubt that there will be other games that attempt this that attempts to do the you know let's have a truly the first real open world is what he called it. They want the ocean to be the size of an ocean. They want the mountains to be the size of a mountain, right? Creature, if you're here, I totally forgot to do the short. If you want to push that and attach it and do all that stuff, I can't do it while I'm talking. Um, I, I saw it and it's it's not in my it's not in my it's not in my rhythm yet in the morning. I, I'm I'm trying to get better at our new our new format of like scheduling and going live within five or ten minutes, and I did not push the short. So if you're here and can push the short. Um, between this is and windblown, furries are eating good. Redwall uh, earned uh, me so many AR points as a kid. Yeah, the Redwall game looks pretty bad, but but um, yeah, it looks pretty bad. But you know, I would be excited for this game. I told my daughter about it. I said, "I you can play, so you can play as a hare." She's like, "Can you play as a dog?" I was like, "I think 
like a wolf or a fox and she got really excited because her favorite animal is a dog her favorite type of dog is uh, an Alaskan Klikai or a husky or uh, she loves dogs oh my gosh she would burst into glitter if I ever got her one we don't know what the end goal is, says Captain Steve. The lore, the combat, uh, if there is or isn't magic. Light No Fire raises as many questions as it does answers. Well, actually, I think that the, you can conclude that there is magic. One of the quick screenshots, let me let me get this up on the, uh, up on the screen here for us. One of the screenshots shows, I mean, that looks like magic right there. A fantasy earth, right? Like, that right there looks like... Here, let me turn off the controls. That guy right there looks like a grizzly bear. Or maybe a badger of some kind. Um, But at one point... Okay, and that looks like some type of an otter, right? And then you've got the woman here with the ponytail. This thing back here ends up coming into frame. Oh, no, right here. This looks like a frog uh, swimming there. But in just a moment, there's some quick flashes and we see what looks like a person wearing wizard garb and has like a, I don't, like a staff. Yeah, there he is. Hang on. Hang on. It's it's hard to catch it. They're quick, quick flashes. You got to do some freeze frame work here. Um, I would say that that right there confirms that there's magic in the game. I mean, he is clearly wearing a wizard's hat and he's got a wizard staff with some kind of a crystal in it. You know, and then you got, you know, you got your gliders, you got your, you got your, I like this part right here because you can see one of the hairs up there. That's not a rabbit. Okay. That's a hair. They're different. All right. And so they're, you know, they're just getting on what looks like, you know, a a normal bird, just enormous in size. That basically looks like a robin. And then they're running along here. And that's some of the other quick... Yeah, that was just... That was the one quick shot. There's another quick shot area where... Yeah, I'd miss this guy right here carrying the log. I just saw him for the first time. Um, Him right here. I think that's a bear of some kind. Let's see if we can't get a good profile. Yeah, you can see his profile coming into view. Yeah, that's just like a grizzly bear. Yeah, you can, it looks like you can play as almost any creature... Any creature that you could think of, any animal, any any person, you know, you want to make yourself look like an elf or something, you probably can do that too. That right there was the other quick, the other quick section of shots with uh, some action. We got a guy with a bow and arrow, obviously. We got somebody here coming to a boat. That guy there waving is a badger. You can see the stripe down the top of his head. Looks like boat travel will be in the game archery, a sword, and then they get on, they fly here. This is the section that really shows like the scope and the size of the game, like they really want the mount, look at the mountain just towering over the player and the scope of that versus like the trees and the lake down here. It, truly a they, that when he said they want it to be, I mean, look at how far away the mountain is even from the player, like if you look at the the little tower there, you know. Gondor calls for aid tower there up on the the side that this guy right here you can kind of see his profile at the very beginning of the shot this is this is a fox i'm assuming if you see the tail that's a fox's tail but then he's got the pointed ears and his snout comes down right here if you want to play as a fox you can and then there's another some type of animal you know animal over there looks like a fox it's like skyrim kind of yeah yeah i'm well i mean it's i love that the one guy said that you can almost 
feel the No Man's Sky in here. You can feel it. It's as if everything they've learned, everything they've gleaned from seven years of No Man's Sky, I would even say the closing logo animation, even the t-shirt that Sean was wearing, very, very much has a No Man's Sky feel to it, you know? And even the hand reaching up, it, it, there's just almost a, this is what we, we reached for this and we failed. We're going to try, we're going to try again. Like, I agree with that guy that's like, you can feel the No Man's Sky in the trailer. You you, you really can. And, you know, I, I think that, I think that they're, they're communicating to us through the trailer that, they they know they know and and they know how to make it right. They know how to make a game like this this time and not have it be like the last time. This is the Atlas. It's very No Man's Sky. It's basically a reskin. I mean, I wouldn't say it's basically a reskin. A reskin of what? You the, that's the, you don't do this sort of gameplay in No Man's Sky. Captain C says, if you look at the rocks as the dragon comes over the mountain, I'm seeing some that look similar. Hard to say if each is procedural. I need to take some stills. Uh, super uh, formula, maybe. No Man's Sky has never really done it for me as a survival game, says Infinite. There are better ones out there. I don't expect magic from 12 people. You're limited to what you can build with only 12 people. Um, unlike the day before, they've shown that they don't quit. That's exactly right, Ginger. That's exactly right. Like I said in the show open, a lesser man and a lesser studio would have packed it up. The gaming community turned on them so harshly, and 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 there was so much ridicule, and there was so much hate. You know, I. By the way, we're not doing like an official uh, integration day, but I am wearing another really really awesome shirt from Into the AM, so don't forget to use code LONO over there at Into the AM or you can go to intotheam.com slash LONO, that does support me and it does give you a discount and if you guys are enjoying the show man smash that like button, it's free to subscribe and if you hit subscribe you can talk in my chat, doesn't cost anything Uh, we do have memberships, if you want to become a member, we have extra content for members but subscribing is totally free liking and subscribing helps the channel and it makes sure that you're here for the content and these great conversations, so feel free to join in No Man's Sky isn't for me, it'll never be for me Uh, We had a similar conversation like this the other day about Hellblade, and what I said about Hellblade was, if the first 15 minutes don't hook you as an immersive, like, audio, sensory, stimuli experience, you're going to play it like a video game and be very sort of critical of how certain aspects of the video game are limited. I think in a similar vein, in a similar way of how I want to communicate this is, if you don't get into the sense of wonder and space exploration and the flying and the landing if none of that lands on you in No Man's Sky and you play it sort of just purely as a you know a a survival game you're very very much I think going to be you're going to be disappointed because you're just you're just going to feel like it's it this doesn't It doesn't deliver everything that you would want, right? Now, if you want to get down into the base building and you want to create, like, farming routes and you want to get, you know, space rich and have a fleet and invest in your ship, say that No Man's Sky actually offers way more now than it ever has. 
But again, I just think that the challenge you're going to run into every single time is that if if you if you don't like the exploration, if you don't if you don't sort of vibe with the the the, the, the traveling through space and the seeing different things and the different biomes and if you don't care about finding a Goldilocks planet, well, I I just don't think any of those things are going to land on you. You're going to be like, I don't care about this game. This game's boring. In a similar way to the way that if you can't get into the first few minutes of, uh, or the first 15 minutes or so of Hellblade, I think it's very, very similar. Never considered No Man's Sky a survival game. Well, a lot of people, a lot of people think that. They feel like if 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 you're going to build, play that game, that that's the point of it is you gotta have your materials, you gotta have your resistance to things, you gotta have you know all, all of the all of the different aspects of the game. They it, they feel like it's very much a survival game. I don't think it's not a survival game. I just don't think that that's a uh, a particular strong. Um, push like that's not the main thing you're supposed to be doing similarly to how like there's combat in hellblade but like that's not the point right the the point of hellblade isn't the combat the point of no man's sky is not the is not the survival does if that makes sense you know what i'm saying so I went ahead and pushed the short. I did it. I was kind of trying to vamp and ramble there while typing. Uh, if you guys are just tuning in and you've never been here before, I would love to know what you think about this game. I think that uh, I think that Light No Fire is the next big game, and we're kind of debating why. You know, people are talking about why they're uh, they always failed to get in to No Man's Sky. Um, I'm interested to know if there are any skeptics out there that are like, I don't trust Sean Murray, I don't trust Hello Games. Like, where are those people? Are those people basically gone now? Would be my question. Um, Butters says, why is Sean going after Starfield? Everyone knows they're different games. One is an RPG, one's a space game. No Man's Sky lacks RPG. Yes, I know there's a story, but it's dull. Although, I wish they had more actual RPG. It's kind of hard to do. I just can't see why a dev would go after a game of a different genre. Unless Sean is going after Bethesda, which would make sense. There are an immense amount of different uh, species here. We also see that there appears to be kingdoms. We've only seen uh, one, the Hare Kingdom, but the different biomes, including floating towers, towers on the mountain, seem like different kingdoms fighting for territory. The end of the trailer seems to show something future. Okay, so you're just getting into speculation. I'm going to take the first part of your question. The first part of your question, I would say that the reason that that I feel like he's sort of taking a shot at Starfield, sort of taking a, you know taking some friendly digs at Todd Howard, is that it's crystal clear Starfield borrowed a lot from No Man's Sky. The beam used for mining, just, just the vibe of traveling through space. There was a lot of things that felt kind of similar. Now, am I saying they copied? No. I think Starfield always always had its own vision and its own identity. There's a short out there of me defending Starfield when it was initially getting compared to No Man's Sky, and I felt the comparisons were unfair because Starfield wasn't out yet, right? 
But if I'm Sean Murray and I've got what is known or looked at as one of the best, if not the best, space exploration game, and this space exploration RPG comes out from a bigger studio, and there's some very clear borrowing or inspiration, it makes sense when he's like, hey, you guys made Skyrim, and uh, I'm going to make the first true open world, right? I'm going to make the first true open world RPG. So it makes sense. It's like, yeah, we made No Man's Sky, and then you guys did Starfield, and both games do certain things better, right? Like, like Starfield is definitely way more built for fans of, like, Bethesda RPGs and all those systems and your character and everything else. And, and No Man's Sky doesn't seek to do that. No Man's Sky has no interest in being some deep RPG that was never its goal. But then when you want to come out and you want to make a true open world fantasy RPG, the first real open world as he calls it, it makes sense for him to take some digs and to be like, because if you think about it, it's, if I'm Todd Howard, I would be kind of flattered to be like, you're trying to pit, you know, in people's minds, you're, you're, you're kind of saying, okay, we're going to make a game. We're going to make a game that, that uh, that's, that's a real open world. We're going to make a game that is... Is, it has real mountains. We're going to make a game that has no boundaries. It's like, okay, it's hard not to, it's hard not to see a little bit of sportsmanship there. Of like, we're going to go beyond what you did. We're going to go bigger than what you did. And, you know, when you're a studio with less than 50 people and you build something as good and as grand and as big as No Man's Sky, I think it puts a little swagger in your step, you know? I, I think... I think Sean Murray kind of earned the moment to walk out there and stand taller than most of the studios and publishers of the world with his with his teeny little passionate team. I, I you know I I don't think it was mean spirited. I think everybody thinks in in like gamer platform tribalism. It was just it was just fun jovial sportsmanship. Like yeah, you know Todd Howard's here. Okay, yeah, you made one of the most influential open world RPGs. And Sean Murray's probably thinking, I made one of the most influential space exploration games, and you tried to make a space exploration RPG. Well, I'm, I'm going to try and make a true, real, open-world RPG, right? Like, I, I feel it's there's just something fun there. I don't think it's meant to be, like, mean-spirited or 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 like they're like he wanted to be, like, your game sucks or anything like that. I don't think that was the intention. Uh, you shouldn't say less than 50 people. You should say less than 20. They have like 15 people at Hello Games. According to Google, they have roughly 35 employees. So I don't know where you're getting your number. But the number I looked up said roughly 35. And the number I keep hearing that's working on Light No Fire is somewhere around 12. So I actually think Hello Games has grown. They had 20-something employees, I believe, in 2020, and I believe over the last three years they've they've grown a little bit. Recent The recent findings that I found said 35, 37, but as of 2020, I believe they had like 20-something employees. So, less than 50. But I need to defend Todd's honor. You don't need to defend Todd's honor. It, Todd Howard stands tall in the halls of gaming history. He does. You know, I don't think Starfield's going to stand tall in the in the halls of gaming history. I don't. I think it's I think it's a footnote at this point. I think Skyrim will be what they're remembered for. I do. And I would I would if I'm if I'm Todd Howard, I would much rather be remembered for Skyrim anyway. Now, a lot of people are going to be like, "But Oblivion, but Oblivion." Listen, 
if you you pull the average gamer, right? You pull the average gamer. I, I think Skyrim is the one that everybody's going to point back to and remember. I think people are going to point back and say that was a pivotal moment, not just for Bethesda, but for gaming in general. They built something that had never really been experienced at that scale before. Again, people are going to point to Oblivion and some of their older stuff, and it's like I, Skyrim was a hinge. The, the, the hinge on which open world RPGs turn is is Skyrim and I think Todd Howard can proudly and the team there they can proudly hang their hat on that right I, I don't I, I don't I just people talk about Starfield in ways that doesn't make any sense if you talk to the general gaming public and you look at the response and the scores it's just like it just didn't hit the way that a lot of people were hoping or thought it would and that's fine that's not hate I just think that's a general assessment of the game's quality that it didn't hit record-breaking, history-making game level that we've seen in games like Skyrim, right? I think we're going to look back and there are certain open-world games that influenced the world of gaming. Skyrim is one of them. Uh, Breath of the Wild is one of them. Elden Ring is one of them. I think Light No Fire will be the next sort of, this is another stitch, this is another step in the evolution of open-world games. A game that's truly real open world. The mountains, the lakes, the hills, the valleys, the, the, the stretches of land, they're they're all scaled to size. Like you it's going that's how long it's gonna take you to get over there, to swim over there, to take the boat across over there, to fly over or climb over this mountain, right? Oblivion fans will point to Oblivion. A majority of the gamers will point to much more known and popular among the majority game Skyrim. Yeah, Skyrim's just more well-known. It's always going to be seen as the more historically impactful game. And I think that that's something that they can be proud of. I don't think you get a game like Light No Fire without Skyrim. I don't think you do. You know. Time will tell with Starfield. Lots of updates in 2024. I... If they can get that game to a better state, I think that's admirable and that's fantastic, right? I I feel like in the realm of comebacks and improvement stories, No Man's Sky takes the cake. Let's say that Starfield has a, a, a true redemption arc story. You know, it doesn't need a redemption arc. It's great. You know, I, I think that people are pulling for a redemption arc for that game. You know, better polish, you know, whatever. I think there's too much baked into the crust personally, but let's say that happens. Let's say best case scenario, we get to the end of next year or the year after and we say it's a completely different game, okay? I don't think that unseats Skyrim. I still think Skyrim goes down as the more influential open world game or the more influential RPG. I think Starfield continues in the... in. In the history of gaming and in the minds of players, you know, globally, I think it just continues to fall by the wayside. So, and that's not hate. I just, that's my prediction of where it's going to land. You know, I know, you know, Doc Dark is a friend and he continues to make videos saying that, you know, Starfield is the game of the generation because people keep talking about it. You know, people talk about failed sports dynasties. That doesn't mean they're winning championships, right? Like, people talk about, you know, celebrities and and all-star athletes that that fall from grace. That doesn't mean they're still an all-star athlete or or somebody that's getting hired to be in movies, right? Like I think a lot of it is re- related to just the, the company behind it and the the hope and the hype and anticipation that was before it. 
and also it's just a sweater that continues to unravel you even have modding communities now that are like we're not interested in this game it's boring we don't want to work on this game we don't want to do anything in this game more like they're walking away so you know i think light no fire to, to bring it back to what uh to what butters asked I think Light No Fire and the team at Hello Games and Sean Murray were taking a jovial jab at a much bigger studio with way more people and way more money because it's like, hey, you know, you tried. <laughs> you you tried your best <laughs> to do something, you know, that we did first. And, uh, and now we're going to try something that you did first. You did this big open world RPG called Skyrim. We're gonna take a crack at that, and we're gonna we're we're gonna build a real open the first real open world. I just think it's it's jovial sportsmanship. I don't think there's anything mean spirited in it at all, right? Uh, who's your top five studies? I don't know what you mean. My top five studies. Oh, do you mean studios? Top five studios? Oh, gosh. I don't know if I have a top five list of studios. Cool Spoon says, There are a few games that brought gaming into popularity. I'm 27, and growing up, games were seen as nerdy, and people in school didn't talk about playing them. That was not until Modern Warfare 2 uh, came out. Even non-gamers played it. Skyrim also got non-gamers playing it, and that's a monument on its own. The other game I would put in there is Wii Sports, but that's a bit different. Uh, For me, Elden Ring is the current standard for open-world games, but I'm looking forward to Light No Fire for sure. Ginger's saying something that I think is very important. He's saying these kind of games move the industry forward. And I, I think that that's true. I think that No Man's Sky has moved the industry forward. I think No Man's Sky has popularized the idea of leveraging procedural generation. Um, I think you're going to see things, even in the game Star Wars Outlaws, I can sense a little bit of influence from No Man's Sky, you know, the taking off from the planets and suddenly being in outer space, right? Just That just feels like slightly influential, not massively influential, but that style of like, we are going to let you experience like literally flying up through a planet's atmosphere and then suddenly being in outer space. Like that's something that No Man's Sky delivered in a way that I think is not just special, but memorable. And I believe it's been influential. Five spots from Sneaky Wolf. Do you think they'll be better shooting or combat mechanics in comparison to No Man's Sky? Yeah, I mean, the weakest points of No Man's Sky are pretty apparent, and I would say that the shooting and the combat's one of them. This game looks like it's leaning a little bit more into third-person adventure fantasy, like an action. Like, you see the guy with the bow and arrow. We see a guy with a wizard staff. So I would say that, yes, combat in this is going to, of necessity, have to be better. If I'm fighting a dragon or a grizzly bear or skeletons, I need the combat to look and feel good. I'm not going to want to go through some dungeon where I'm getting attacked left and right and have the combat feel like dookie. That's not going to work. Like the combat and the shooting in No Man's Sky is, it's passable, but it's not the main course. You're not going to want to dedicate a ton of time to running around getting in fights in No Man's Sky. It just doesn't feel that good, right? Um... So I would say of necessity, yes, they're going to have to make sure that stuff feels a whole lot better. Because if not, that that's that's a main driver in games like this, is it not? You know, if it's a real open world, and if it's a fantasy, adventure, 
deep RPG is what they say. If it's all those things, then I, uh, the, 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 the combat's got to feel good because that's a main engine and mechanism of your experience in the game. You're, you're, you're going to go out and fight stuff. You're going to probably go into areas and find loot or enemies or treasures or you know any, any number of things. So I would imagine that, and and there's a lot of weaponry showcased in uh, in the trailer. I you know I see bows and arrows. I'm I think I've seen a staff. I think there's a sword at one point that you can see. I don't know. I'm gonna have to look through it again here. Um, you know the the skellymen. The skellymen have this guy's got like a club on his back, right? These guys have little clubs on their backs. That I'm assuming they'll take, you know, take off of uh, off of their back and try to swing at you. Oh yeah, there it is. So the bear has like a glowing blue sword on his back. So I think it's safe to say that combat is going to be an aspect of this game, right? He has some type of a a hammer, staff, something on his back. You know, we're seeing some other staffs and and other other things on the backs of the players. So yeah, combat's got to be good. It it can't feel can't feel bad, you know. My wife and I have been playing the Fortnite Lego, and I'm impressed at how responsive the combat is in that. You know, we got in a pretty tough fight last night with some monster on a beach. You know, it was awesome. It was super dope, and you know, it, even in a game like that, I I feel like the combat's responsive. I feel like I can dodge, I can swing, I can block. Even if you just give me basics like that, that that's that's a huge that's a huge win, you know. That's a huge win for the content flow if it, if 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 the basics can feel tight and feel good. Just like No Man's Sky is the ultimate VR experience, like uh, Light No Fire will take that crown. They say if Light No Fire will be survival. So if you go to their Steam page, which we can do now, I'll show you. Uh, I'll show you what it says. I actually think it's it's pretty informative uh, about the game. If you come here, because it says here, you know, a game about adventure building survival. There you go. And exploration together. And it's set on a fantasy planet the size of Earth. Okay. Now, if you come down here, this is where I said that they, I feel like the RPG elements might be light. Now, they say right here. Light No Fire is a game about adventure, building, survival, and exploration together. Set on a fantasy planet the size of Earth, it brings the depth of a role-playing game to the freedom of a survival sandbox. So it is a survival sandbox, but it's going to bring the depth of a role-playing game. Now, the reason that I'm not too sure if it's going to have a lot of deep RPG mechanics or a huge RPG focus is that's never mentioned down here. Now, it could be because they're primarily focusing on the Earth itself. It's a multiplayer Earth, a procedural Earth, a fantasy Earth, and an explored Earth, okay? So, multiplayer Earth, carve a life together, meet players from across the globe, build a life, explore and survive together, construct persistent buildings and communities, or strike out alone to discover the world for others, okay? Uh, the world for others, yeah. And then a procedural earth. A truly open world with no boundaries at a scale never attempted before. A massively varied and dense planet filled with immense, uh, I'm sorry, immersive biomes, unique enemies, and valuable resources to discover. And then we have a fantasy earth. Light No Fire presents you with an ancient earth to uncover. One where you're not the hero. 
Thick with lore, mystery, and constant fight for survival, inspired by the adventure, charm, and imagination that we love from classic fantasy. This is where I expected them to talk about or mention RPG. You know, they don't mention RPG in any of these sections, so I'm curious what the RPG aspects will look like. An unexplored earth, every mountain can be climbed, and below them lie endless vistas, oceans, and continents perhaps no others have seen who will climb the tallest mountains who will find the deepest sea set sail across vast oceans and rivers ride wild beasts through fantastical landscapes fly dragons over undiscovered landscapes so you can see why i said what i said in my in my show open it's like they talk about bringing the depth of a role-playing game to the freedom of survival sandbox but then what they describe doesn't sound like RPG at all to me. It sounds more adventure fantasy in an open world survival environment is what it sounds like to me. Like like, like Captain Steve is saying, we need more information because I don't see a whole lot of uh, a lot of RPG there. It's like, okay, they tweeted that there will be fantasy RPG elements. I wouldn't be surprised if those elements are maybe somewhat more simplistic. We'll see. Captain Steve says, in the whole blurb on Steam, no mention of magic or combat, not seeing any food or survival gauges on the HUD. No Man's Sky was listed as a survival sandbox, light survival aspects. Right, right, right. And and they have this slated as action-adventure, RPG action-adventure. I mean, when you say there's no mention of combat, but they show combat in the trailer, Steve. Like, they show it in the trailer. I mean, they, they, they show fight. Uh, maybe it's just hunting, actually. No, I would say this is survival over here. This is survival. There's a, there's some type of a meter. There's a temperature gauge because the snowflake is down here, and then it goes up in color. I don't know what this leaf is. And then behind me is a torch. Yeah, behind me is like a torch in a circle. But they show what I would imagine is supposed to be. Yeah, that's combat right there. Yeah, that's not hunting. That's combat. He's 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 not. Unless you're saying you think combat's going to be pretty low key, because right here you could call this hunting. They're using the bows and chasing what look like boar. But then right here they're fighting what look like mini crabs with a giant crab over there, and the guy's using his sword, and then they fly away. So I mean, there is definitely combat in the trailer. That could be time of day. Yeah, they show a guy hitting a crab, but it looks like combat because it's not just a crab. Like, there's little crabs next to him, and then there's a big crab in front of him. That feels kind of combat-oriented, you know? That doesn't feel like hunting to me. I mean, maybe it's hunting. I don't know. I mean, I why would you see so many weapons if there's no combat, I guess would be my question. I'm seeing magical wizard staves. I'm seeing bows. I'm seeing swords. I'm seeing clubs. Um, I don't know. Yeah, this guy's got a sword here on his back. Now we've got a sword and a shield, you know, as well. A lot of weaponry. There's an awful lot of weaponry if there's no combat, you know. If the weaponry is only for hunting, I don't know. I I, I think I think there's a lot. I think there's probably going to be quite a bit of combat in this. I don't. I wouldn't classify what we've seen as hunting. There, it's also not hunting equipment. You don't go hunting. You don't go hunting with. Uh, th- this is not a hunting party right here. <laughs> These guys just cleared a raid. Okay. These guys just cleared a raid, and they're coming back to talk to Daddy Shrek over here. 
you know, and tell him how it went. That that's that's what I think. <laughs> PVP? Yeah, I don't know about PVP. I don't see any I don't see any signs of, of PVP in the description or or uh, or in the footage. You know, maybe you can opt in, maybe you can duel or something, but I don't see any evidence of it being a PvP game. You don't go hunting, but this is how I hunt. <laughs> Your wife's like, what are you doing with the sword and shield? And you're like, what? I'm, I'm going hunting, babe. What do you mean? <laughs> Me and the guys are going hunting. Well, what are you hunting? Grizzly bears? You know, what else would I need a sword and shield for? I'm not hunting rabbit. You know, <laughs> freaking whole suit of armor. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Yo, what's good, Feed? Good to see you in the chat. Hilly says, the Steam said online co-op and single player only. Yeah, I don't see PvP honestly fitting in a game like this. The the vibe, I mean, again, maybe duels, you know, you stand in a circle and fight for honor or something. I don't know. It doesn't seem to fit with the vibe of the game. This is how I hunt, babe. This is how I still hunt. Yeah, dragons, what else? She's like, oh, he's losing it, you know? You can fight uh, with dragons in Ark. Mm-hmm. I agree, Dave. What did Dave say? Yeah. Imagine if your character goes to sleep uh, when you log off and you can get raided in your sleep by others. Those are not the kind of games that interest me. Like, I never want to take the time to build a, a cabin and a fire and a little storage chest. And I'm like, whew, that took me a while. All right. You know, I'm, uh, <laughs> now I'm going to go to bed and then wake up the next morning and it's all destroyed. Like, I don't, I'm not interested in games like that. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely more of a, of a PVE oriented guy, you know, just let me, let me do my stuff. Let me, you know, let me have my, uh, <laughs> you know, let me, let me have my little spot and just leave me alone. <laughs> I love I actually love that in in, uh, in Lego Fortnite. Like, if any of the little skellymen wander in your camp, you know, that one character, she just beats a tar out of him with a torch. It's fantastic. You'd better make a goose person for your main character. I, I don't think I'll be a goose. I don't, I don't, I don't like geese very much. Uh, there was a pretty awesome moment in a Redwall book last night I'm reading to my kids where a swan pecked the dickens out of this, this rat and killed him. He was a bad guy. He, he, he died in a pretty just merciless way it was awesome <laughs> just pecked the snot out of this guy's head trying to get his trying to get some swan eggs broke his back and his skull and he fell in the water that was the end that was the end I won't tell you who it was but you'll you'll get to experience that one day if you read all the red wall books to yourself or your children they're great um yeah I think I would probably want to be either you know something small and spry you know, like a fox or a, you know, maybe a wolf or just a big old badger or a bear. That'd be awesome. I, or a hare. Oh, I'd love that. You know, be a long patrol hare. Love the asteroid shirt. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate that. This is another one from Into the AM. You guys can use the shirt command in chat. This is a children's book. It is. It is. 
We're an hour into the stream, guys. Thank you so much for 200 likes. That helps out so much. Keep hitting that thumbs up button. If you haven't already, take a moment and hit that thumbs up. We are discussing the Light No Fire trailer reaction and why uh, I am confident in this game. I'm confident in Hello Games. This is my most anticipated game. I don't think this is just like the next big game from Hello Games. I think this is the next big game. I think this is that that's what this is. That's what I'm classifying this as. It's the next big game. And I want to know what you think. You know, I, I, do you feel I've justified my confidence in Hello Games and Sean Murray? You know, I know a lot of people still take issue with him and the company, but I, you know, I've attempted sort of, you know, justify my trust and my confidence. And I walked through a lot of the different reactions that are out there. There is some apprehension. There is some skepticism. You know, there are people, uh, like I said, Donnie from Pure Dead Gaming was like, look, we've been here before. He's like, but if there's a company that's going to get it right, I think these guys are going to get it right. You know? Um, Steam thinks it's like Valheim and Satisfactory. To me, this is very promising. These two are great games. The Atmosphere and Valheim, Valheim Second to None, Satisfactory is a good sandbox building game. Yeah, I think all that's doing is basing that off of tags, Hilly. It's just saying similar to games you've played. I think they're just lining up tags in the back end. Um, so, release date prediction. Okay, so yeah, that's a good discussion. Let's talk about that. When do you guys think the Light No Fire release date is? I'm... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I think this thing lands in 2025, right? I, they've already been working on it for five years. I think they take the next two years and they throw they throw way more production at it with the, with more staff, and I think this thing lands in 2025. That's what I think. Ginger thinks the same. He's saying 2025. Robert's saying 2025. Ragnarok is saying fall of 2024. May of 20 everybody's saying 2025 okay Clarus is saying 2026 okay here I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot down 2024 really easily you ready they would have said that if this thing was coming next year I think Sean Murray would have said that I, I, I think we can shoot 2024 all the way down and just say they're not gonna do that if there's one thing we know hello games isn't gonna do they're not gonna rush a release date okay they're not gonna push this thing out before it's ready there's no, there there is no way they do that okay I say 2025 based on based on that reality I they're gonna take their time with this one Paris says the difference with the no man's sky launch and the light no fire launch is that hello games has an engine built now also steam will be basing the store page on tags and the people who are expressing interest in it yeah it's not like steam knows anything about the game it's just literally lining up tags that's all I just I can't see 2024 being a reality they would have said it he'd have been like we've been working on this for five years and I'm pleased to announce this thing's coming out next year and people have been like oh my gosh like that would have blown people away so I don't think so Captain Steve says if it was 2024 there'd be pre-orders now with some kind of bunny man collectible right right (laughs) if you pre-order now we'll give you bunny ears in no man's sky yeah something like that could be this Christmas Uh, they're also known for just dropping things I will say this. I love Hello Games and I love Sean Murray. I cannot stand 
the way that they market updates in No Man's Sky. It is impossible to cover as a as a gaming you know outlet as a gaming youtuber it's freaking impossible to cover like sean i can't write up a show because you tweeted out an emoji okay i can't do it I, you just just tell us what's going on and when and, and instead sean will like tweet out an emoji of like a pineapple and everyone's like what does it mean and then all of a sudden, in the middle of the day, they drop like an 18-page blog post, and they're like, we have completely revamped all of the flora in the game, and there is now consumable food. And you're like, what the, f- like, why? <laughs> it's like impossible. <laughs> it's impossible to cover No Man's Sky if you want to like plan ahead and like write up a, you know, a, a show. If you want to just like put out a you know a, a quick upload or a quick blog or whatever it's better now with input delay that is true we have now dubbed this show and titled this show input delay cuz you know i basically wait to give you my input on something that is true cuz we certainly waited to talk about this like we didn't jump on this right away that you know this is this is now a couple days old at this point you know the trailer has been up for 5 days um, and it, it had you know 8.1 million views, and that's just on the Hello Games channel. You know I, that thing is just absolutely cooking over there for them on their own YouTube channel. I like the No Man's Sky updates. Uh, says JG from Space. They drop a sick trailer, and then the updates available like today or tomorrow. Like I said, I was saying I was being very specific. As somebody who does, like, live content on YouTube where I really plan out a show and write up a show, I was always irritated. As if you're just a fan of No Man's Sky, nobody, nobody cares. They think it's awesome. They love the fact that Sean Murray tweets out an emoji. Like, listen, I want to be clear. I think it's awesome that that's what they do. I The fact that he can do that and everybody loses their dadgum minds, Sean literally just goes to Twitter and he's like, Oh, what emoji do I want to tweet this time? You know, and he's like, how about a typewriter? And, you know, and everybody goes crazy for a day, you know? If this was a COD dev, is his first time? Yeah, Sean Murray, don't overpromise. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) I love how Sean Murray's leaning into that on Twitter, leaning into the meme of like, don't overpromise, you know, don't, don't. And he's like, we're making Earth. I thought that was the funniest one that he that he retweeted. You know, the one where, you know, first time, that's that's good. I like to speculate on the emoji marketing genius. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, it's probably great for No Man's Sky channels or 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 channels that cover a lot of No Man's Sky, I should say. Like if you if you do a lot of No Man's Sky coverage, it's probably great because the minute he does that, everybody's clamoring to YouTube and Reddit and forums to basically be like what does it mean what what where what are we what are we going to get and when and 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 everything else so i yeah i was being very specific i'm basically whining for my own sake i'm like come on man <laughs> like you know just tell us when and how you know we're like is the expedition going to start and Sean's just like robot emoji and you're like oh. like okay Silver Mist says, No Man's Sky is good for what it is, but now they're going into the fantasy MMO territory. It's going to be much harder mountain 
to climb. <laughs> no pun intended. I mean, yeah. You know, actually, that's a good point. I didn't think about that, Silver Mist, is that No Man's Sky didn't meet the expectations of their own marketing and like feature promises but as time went on they were able to evolve the game into a truly unique experience like you really can't describe no man's sky and say oh it's a lot like this game you really can't do that it genuinely is like it's its own experience it's its own game and that's something they've sort of carved out in many respects like it borrows ideas or systems maybe from other games but it's not you it's hard to be like oh it's a lot like this game over here does that make sense like when we played through immortals phoenix rising it was really easy to be like oh it's kind of like assassin's creed and breath of the wild had a baby and then and then you know kind of like oh yeah you almost know what to expect which that's a fantastic game i wish that game was co-op that game would be a blast co-op that's like the perfect game for for, for my wife and I, if it, if it were co-op. Sadly, it's not. Um, uh, astronaut playing Asteroids. I can dig it. Cool shirt. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. By the way, I, I, I've not mentioned the coffee. You might have seen the coffee spinning over here. Uh, the Frickmas blend is here. It is our holiday roast. Limited run. Available right now. Our most popular flavor. You can do all three flavors. The light roast, the dark roast, and the Frickmas blend and get a bit of a discount if you do the triple threat. Highly recommend doing the triple threat to figure out which is your favorite flavor. You could also do the best of both worlds, which is the light roast and the dark roast if you're not interested in the holiday blend. That does support me, supports me and the fam. It's a, it's a small business, basically. That's not a sponsor. That's Reforge Roast. That's mine. You'll get like a thank you note from my kiddos. That is in my house. This stuff is in boxes here. Like it's not some sponsor that you're 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 doing business with. That is that is us, and we appreciate everybody who regularly orders it or or gives it a try. If you're a coffee drinker and you have never tried coffee with balanced acidity, at least go to reforgeroast.com and read the flavor profiles, and you you will see this is well worth trying. And then if you're like the other people that have tried it, you'll probably get hooked on it. So, No Man's Sky paved a new genre. The RPG open world game already has been forged and tested. Will be harder to nail the experience. Yeah, Hadigan, you're going right where I was going. I kind of I kind of broke my train of thought. No Man's Sky was able to meet and exceed the expectations on the game because they were largely the driver of those expectations because they were kind of carving out a new style of game in many respects. The open world fantasy action RPG adventure survival genre. You're touching a lot of games there. You know, you're touching a lot of games. And similarly to how I said that I don't think being able to fill my spaceship with a thousand potatoes is the quality marker that matters anymore, like rolling the cheese wheels down the mountain in Skyrim, right? That scalability, that uh, significant of a thing, I don't think that works anymore. Like, if the game feels mediocre, it's not like, oh, but I can fill my, my ship with potatoes. In a similar way, I don't know if Light No Fire is gonna be able to be like, Okay, the RPG systems are very rudimentary and basic, and so is the building and the combat's so-so, but it's the first real open-world game. 
Do you see the point that I'm making? I don't think being a real open world game will make up for that. I don't I don't I don't think so. I think it's got to be good in all those categories or people will say it's just kind of it's just kind of a mismatch of a bunch of different things. It doesn't really have uh, there's no cohesion if that makes sense. Eugene says they don't have to do anything other than make people want to be in the world. None of that other stuff matters. Part of wanting to be in the world though Eugene is the building and the customization, exploration, survival, RPG, all those things have to be good or you won't want to be in the world. You'll get annoyed. Right? Just last night in Lego Fortnite, I was trying to build and I got to tell you it it's 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 a little frustrating. It needs to be refined. It's probably much better with mouse and keyboard, but on a controller, it's really frustrating. It's very hard to get things where you want them and you can't just delete an item. Like basic building mechanics are lacking in Lego Fortnite and it makes the most basic building assignment that you give yourself. Like I was just trying to put roofs over my machine so that when it rains, we can still use our machines. And it was not an enjoyable experience. It made me not want to do any more building, I, you know, or for, this was, I was doing freeform building. The, the building of like prefab structures in that game is fine. Even that's a little wonky. Cause like I said, you can't have certain things touching, which really is frustrating. It's like, I couldn't make my fences touch. So I'm telling you if though, if the systems aren't designed well, if they don't feel good, then, then, then people are not going to want to be in the world. They're going to say, yeah, it's really frustrating to build a house or the combat doesn't feel very good. Or You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that that's going to be true. I'm saying when you touch this many genres and this many game types, you've really got to be good in all those areas or you're going to rub people the wrong way. They're going to say, well, I was really hoping it, you know, to be a combat-focused badger and this guy over here is like, well, I was going to be a, a, a fox and I was going to garden. And this person over here was like, well, I was going to be an explorer, a nomadic, you know, explorer. Well, they're each leaning into one of the, the pockets or genres of the game. And if you don't get that part of the game right, you're going to you're going to lose those people really quickly. If somebody that really wants to focus on combat is like, dude, the combat in this game kind of sucks, you're going to lose that player. They're not even they're not going to care. They're going to want to be in the game. If the building is is basic and rudimentary, you're going to lose that player. Now, I will say that the areas of the game I'm the most confident in are the areas of the game that they have benefited from and learned from with No Man's Sky. Exploration survival and building will probably all be great because they've been learning how to refine and make those systems great for seven years I think the areas where I'm a little less confident and want to see more is combat what's that what what's your weapon system like your how's the weapon pool what about the RPG elements Combat and RPG elements are two areas where I'm like I don't know if hello games has vast experience in those areas so they let's see. And we know that if you can't get the basics and the ground level foundational work of the RPG elements of the combat, if you can't get those things right, it'll really affect the rest of the game significantly. 
No Man's Sky garnered a pretty loyal and decent sized following and none of the systems were great it survived because people enjoyed being in the world they created I would say that's 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 too reductionist. I don't think No Man's Sky survived because people enjoyed being in the world they created. I think it survived because the updates they offered were substantive and game-changing. If the result was people are like, yeah, I really like being in the game, great, but I don't think that's the main reason. Solemn says, nah, Lono, I put all my benches in prefabs. You can dismantle anything you build by punching it. And it gives you all your resources back, so you can rebuild elsewhere, even the mats for upgrading the bench. Uh, right, hear me out. I I can't punch something that I built that's taller than me. It, it, I should be able to highlight it and just say dismantle. In a in a in a game where you're building, right? In a game where you're building, I I, I should not have to punch something. To break it down I should be able to click on it and say dismantle and get everything back it, it just there's elements of the building in Lego Fortnite that need to be refined I don't understand how in a game where you're building there's not a button for no delete that or dismantle that that's like a basic fun- function of any builder I've ever played you build something and you don't quite like the position of it and you just push a button to get rid of it you're like nope not there Boop, and it goes away it makes the building seamless it makes the building seamless. It's like, click, click, click. I got this. I got this. I got, ooh, I don't like where that is. And you just get rid of it. Instead of, oh, I don't like where that is. Let me back out of the building. Let me get high enough on something so I can punch that roof that I built. Come on. From the launch of the Switch, they added content in No Man's Sky that has been measured uh, and calmed to being cosmetic and surface level. I hope we see depth added in No Man's Sky in 2024. I think that is one aspect of this that I'm very interested in, Steve. What happens to No Man's Sky? You know? What happens to No Man's Sky? That, to me, is the curious aspect of this. With respect to how much content does it get, how much focus does it get, when 2025 rolls around, what's the roadmap for No Man's Sky look like? I get your point. I don't disagree, says Solemn. But at least if you punch all the walls holding the higher parts up, they'll fall down and you can punch those. So it could use some improvement, but it's not hopeless. Oh, I wasn't indicating it was hopeless. What I was saying was, is that when it's not polished or when it's lacking like a basic feature, it makes me not want to really do it. I'm like, I don't really want to build. I wasn't enjoying, like it was frustrating, right? It was like, you know, I'll just build the prefabs, right? Now, I did learn that it's a little bit easier if you just go column, 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 and you almost want to build... And again, it would be easier, too, if I could, like, go up above what I'm building and see it, because some of the times I just need to be able to see, like, up above what I'm doing. I almost feel like I need to build a staircase over any area I'm going to build so I can walk up the staircase and look down and then just dismantle the staircase. Uh, Parasito says the Starfield engine stuff with the potatoes and whatever isn't new tech for gamers even if it is for Bethesda we're approaching another plateau in the industry regarding technical development and there's very little room left for devs to do something genuinely cool and new and also impacts gameplay in a meaningful way like viewfinder or the giant scale of Star Citizen even then the tech is not exactly new but the way that it's implemented is to such an extreme that it feels new this feels like 
the conversation we've had about photorealistic games and art style. And you remember what I said, and this was echoed by another content creator that we watched. Um, shoot, what's his name? I subbed to his channel. It was uh, November Hotel. November Hotel. And um, November Hotel, I believe, is the one that said this. And I was like, guys, I've been saying this for a really long time. I believe that photorealistic games have run their course. Not run their course, but I believe that you really get a sense of this when you watch this trailer. Art style will be the defining factor going forward. I know you can build a huge open world. I know you can build lakes and mountains and create creatures. I know all that. I got it. I know you can make it photorealistic. I got it. Art style will be what defines a game, and I believe that's what this game excels at already. It just breathes, and it just it it smells like No Man's Sky. You're like, oh, I know what this is, and there's a charm to it, and there's there's a a, a very good use of color and stylization that I think you you lose in a game that goes for well, it's photorealistic. That's 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 not all that matters anymore. And similar to what Paris said, it's like it's not about necessarily tech advances. It's about harnessing tech advances to do cool things. Like the, if you've not played Viewfinder, I think Viewfinder was absolutely phenomenal. I was so pleased to see it nominated in the indie category. You, you definitely need to check it out. You definitely need to check it out. But I agree. I 100% agree that they. They need to, um, game companies need to consider you can't just lean on graphics, you can't just lean on photorealism, and you can't just lean on, on, oh, but the technology's awesome. You, you know, you, the, the, the physics engine's awesome. Yeah, okay. I, w- what am I going to be doing, though? Like, if you want proof that gamers are spoiled and that a really pretty game isn't enough, all you got to do is look at Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. As much as I'm liking the game, that game has fallen has fallen victim to samey. The disease of samey. It's too samey. Yeah. I've 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 done a lot of this stuff before. Yeah. I've I've taken over an outpost, I've hunted an animal, I've uh, I've gathered materials for crafting, you know. Avatar Frontiers of Pandora is probably one of the mo- the best looking games you can play right now on a beastly system. It's right up there, toe to toe, shoulder to shoulder with Cyberpunk, and it didn't score well. Why? Too similar. They didn't they didn't innovate on stuff, and because they didn't innovate on stuff, people are just absolutely slamming it. I would say people are being overly critical. They're just being overly critical. Like if there's, if there's ever been a time to see that like gamers are incredibly spoiled, it's you get an open world, brilliantly built, polished, beautiful game with what I would consider to be good voice acting, good story. There's nothing about the gameplay or the story of the characters that's like mind blowing, but it's all very, very good. It's good. Not great, but good. I would say the graphics are great. 
I would say the art style and the appearance and the the way they honored the IP, all of that's great. But the game itself is good, and it's not being treated that way. It's being treated as, as if it is a bad game, which is remarkable. Well, it's touching on what we're talking about. If you don't innovate, then people are going to say, I've played this game before. Skatenator with a gifted membership rounds us out nicely to 10 members on the day. Guys, every 25 members, I give five back. I'm helping. You're helping. We're all pushing for 2,500 members before Friday. We currently have about 2,200. All right. We only need about 300 members. You guys have crushed that before. Let's see if you can't tempt some of the big boys to come out of the woodwork. Hilly and I will be playing this Friday night, and you can play with us. We will turn it into a community game night if we can hit 2,500 members before Friday. Parasita says, I would argue that the biggest thing for large world games isn't the photorealism, but attention to detail, not even volume of detail. Yeah, because there are games that are like pixel art, but there's tons of attention to detail, and it feels as if it's got this, it's like it's breathing and living. It's like every little piece has been has been given some love. I agree with that, Paris. St. Nil with a gifted member. He says, come on, boys. He's trying to start a little member train. He jumps on with Skatenator. Let's get it going. Shenanigan says, I think it's because of the franchise. A lot of people watched Avatar. But not a lot of people are super invested in the world. I think we've learned this year what gamers say doesn't matter. We you gotta elaborate on that, Eugene. What do you mean? When did Avatar need to come out to uh, to prevent this meh? A year ago? Three years ago? When did we hit this saturation on the genre? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Avatar's score on PC... It has a 4.3. I, I, that's really good. That's really good. How many reviews? Only 337 reviews. It's like it just it's like it didn't even sell well either. That's an 80, that's an 86. That's still a good score. It's not in Steam, so we can't get that Steam aggregate. It's a Ubisoft game, so it's in Uplay. Randall says, loving the stream, dude. Keep up the awesome content. God bless. Thank you very much, Randall. Rain World's a perfect example of a pixel game with mind-blowing level of detail while still being simple at the surface. Will this game be 30 frames on consoles? Light No Fire, as far as I can tell by looking at it, will be 60 FPS. Uh, it'll be 60 FPS capable on Series X and the PlayStation 5. They would probably just have turned certain aspects down textures mainly your textures your shadow detail lighting detail and draw distance usually in a game like this that's what you've got to tone down to get 60 fps this is also a game that doesn't need to run at a high resolution i wouldn't think like you know in in, they could run this internally they could easily run this internally you know 1080 up to 1440 i don't think you would notice it's again this is one of the advantages of going with an art style over photorealism is it gives you a lot of wiggle room internally to say well we can render the game internally at 1080 we can upscale it to 1440 and maintain really good performance because when you go for photorealism and you do that you're going to notice it a whole lot more 
you're going to notice that lack of detail you're going to notice the when the internal resolution drops it's less noticeable in a game like this because they didn't they're not trying to make every blade of grass and tree and ocean look real you know look at the player's choice awards versus what gamers say look at the playstation portal what gamers say don't matter Right. I I think the thing with Avatar that frustrated me, Eugene, was that the review outlets were so harsh. It got a 4.21 on PlayStation. I mean, that's still good. That's an 84. That's still much higher than the review outlets gave it. So it's got an 84 on PlayStation and an 86 on Xbox. I just... That, to me, is where I said it was going to land. Did I not? In my review, I said mid to high 80s. That's right there where I said it would land, you know? Only thing that matters is what gamers do. That's all I ask for in a game, 1080-60. I don't need or want 4K. I mean, I want 1440-60. And with upscaling, you can render internally 1080, upscale it to 1440. And most of the time, the average person's not going to even know you're doing it. They're not going to catch it. It's just going to look pretty and run pretty. That's all that matters, you know? Now, real persnickety people and freeze frame people and tech breakdown people, they're going to catch it. But the average person's going to be like, bro, this, this looks great. This, this game's running great. It looks great. You know, I, I, uh, I don't think you typically run into that level of like, Hey, wait a minute. You know, this is, this isn't running at native 1440. Most people aren't going to catch that. Zubair says, you people are gross and nasty and you disgust me. Yeah, Zubair wants everything at 4K, 120, path tracing. Yeah. Oh. Won't be long before 4K 60 is standard. I, I still think that's a ways out, you know. I think that's a ways out because you're always going to have people pushing more than just 4K. They're going to be pushing other things as well. So, I think that makes it difficult. Let's wait for the Xbox uh, Series S trailer. I mean, that's obviously an interesting discussion to have long term. Like, the more the more and more we see games leaning into bigger and larger and more detailed worlds like this, it's not even really about the fact that, like, oh, will the Series S be able to get 60? It's these games are just going to be continuing to demand more and more and more of the system. The level of detail, the lighting, the shadows, the size of the environments, all of that just gets harder and harder and harder for whatever, wherever your bottom rung is. This is true even in the PC world, right? Like, let's say you bought your PC five years ago. Well, eventually you become the bottom rung. Eventually you become... Well, I'm min spec required or I'm below recommended spec, which means you're not going to get a lot of the pretty stuff. Maybe the game won't run as well on your rig. That's always going to happen, right? That's just how tech works. Tech advances forward and the bottom rung, you're, you're no longer, you know, you try to future proof your PC build. You're eventually the bottom rung. It's, you know, it's unavoidable. You wait long enough and you, you become the bottom rung and I just think that's going to be interesting going forward that we don't have a clear what would the word be? I guess it would be parody. We don't have a clear power parody 
in the console realm anymore. It's going to be all over the place. You're allegedly going to have a Nintendo Switch that can leverage DLSS. We're allegedly going to have this really strong PS5 Pro. Then you're going to have PS5. Then you're going to have the Series X. Then you're going to have the Series S. The, the, the hardware landscape of consoles is all over the place. Like I, It's going to be really interesting to see how publishers and how developers respond to that. Like, where are they going to to target? Then there's cloud, right? Like, as cloud grows in prominence and building a game for cloud, you know, then there's PC. PC also has its own spectrum of potential performance. You know, it'll be really interesting to see where everything lands because hardware as a spectrum is, is becoming very different than it used to be. It used to be that the Xbox and the PlayStation were very close to each other in strength, and so you know you would see tons of multiplats, you would see tons of games. Difference in performance between the two platforms was you know was minimal. You know, it went during the the Xbox One, the PS4 era especially, and now we're in an era where the spectrum of hardware within the console realm is just is vastly different than it used to be. Hello Games may keep games may keep the games small and spawn and bake what you see with the RAM like they do with No Man's Sky. I think Series S will be okay. No Man's Sky is okay on the Series S, but better on the X, obviously. Yeah, you would hope that all the stuff that they learned with No Man's Sky would empower them to say, here's how far you can push the Series S, and they and they would, they would know how to optimize. That is an advantage in their corner, is that they've already built a game that is big and pretty and good-looking, and it's, in a, it's, in a, it's not this exact art style, but it's a very similar art style. So that is correct. I would say that is in their corner. I would just think your biggest problem is going to be environments like this. That mountain and the size and the scope and the draw distance, I just... There's nothing like that in No Man's Sky. Like, that's just massive. It's so, so big. The biggest hills and and what you would call a mountain in No Man's Sky is nothing compared to that mountain in that shot. You know? I kind of hope that Light No Fire comes to the X and PS5 and skips uh, the S or Slim's the S. You can't skip the Series S. I don't think any company is going to be able to ever get away with that, nor would I think that they would want to. The larger portion of the Xbox community is on the Series X. So the minute that you're starting to make... It looks like that's your biome. Yeah. If we freeze frame it here, you have like reeds, and then you have... This looks like a temperature gauge, and then you were right. This is time of day, and then watch... This is maybe your biome because now it looks kind of like a palm tree and look where he is. Look what's around, right? And then we have temperature. Do we have any other biome icons down there? Well, probably throughout the trailer. Yeah, I think that's what that icon is. I think it's letting you know what biome you're in. Probably so you know like what plant life to look for, what animals to look for, maybe if you're hunting for something or gathering, you know, a particular thing. I think it's some level of disappointment after experiencing No Man's Sky expiration and affected expectations, says Russell. Oh, what did you say, Russell? Is Bethesda going to take a hit if this releases before Elder Scrolls 6? Now that's an interesting question. Um... I don't think so 
because I think Elder Scrolls stands really, really tall in people's memory. I think it stands tall in the gaming world. I think it's 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 pow- it's a powerful IP. So I don't think people are going to play this game and then come to Elder Scrolls and be like, oh, Light No Fire is so much better. I don't think so. Because in my estimation, Elder Scrolls will have a lot more of a serious tone to it because of the history of the franchise. Um, I would say that what Bethesda could bring to RPG systems, like if they look at what they did in Skyrim and they really, really iterate on that well, and they evolve that well, I don't have any doubt they could build an just an absolutely excellent RPG. I, 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 I always get accused of harping on this too much, but I think the biggest concern I have for Elder Scrolls 6 is the series S. What kind of a factor is it going to play in the future of that game? If you want to build a truly big, open-world, next-gen, mind-blowing RPG, you want to build something that is considered the bigger brother, the the bigger and the better RPG than Skyrim. If you want to do that, I think that's going to be really hard to do with all the challenges we've seen developers face with the series S. Captain C with a five spot. If this game does launch uh, at the tail end of 2025, will the PS6 be its launch platform? No. No, the PS6 won't be out that fast. No. The PS4 Pro... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The PS5 Pro will launch holiday next year. Okay? I believe that marks the middle of the life cycle. Roughly. That's what I think. I think the PS6 is going to be like 2028. 2028, maybe 2029. I think 2025 marks like the halfway point or maybe a little bit past the halfway point of the life cycle of the PS5. So no, I don't think 2025 is PS6. No, that's a year after the... I'm sorry. I don't think 2025 is the PS6. That's only a year after the PS5 Pro's in circulation. That's 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 lightning fast. If the PS6 was coming out in 2025, they wouldn't even be doing a Pro. They would just skip the Pro. There's no reason to do one year of the Pro. Does that make sense? I think the PlayStation 6 is 2028 or 2029. Now, Robert Lawrence is saying it's usually eight-year cycles. I actually think this will be the longest cycle. I think the PlayStation 5 will be a nine-year cycle. I do. I think their original goal was probably 2028. I think everything has changed. I think 2029 is when you see a PS6. I think they're going to try to get way, way more life out of this gen. I think you're seeing that with remakes and remasters. They're heavily investing in this is the standard for our games. Okay? They're doing... Oh, you meant the pro. Okay, now your question makes way more sense, Steve. I was like, oh my gosh, that would be so fast. Um, I But I think, I think 2029 is PS6 because I think in PlayStation's mind, they're like, this is the minimum expectations of our property. It's why they're doing a, they did the remake of part one. Last of Us, they're doing a remaster of part two. I think they want that to be the floor. I think they want to get way more life out of the PS5. Now, let's reread Captain Steve's question. 
if it comes tail end of 2025 will the ps5 pro be the launch platform and not the ps5 no again you're never going to see playstation allow that their market saturation goals for the ps5 standard is so big they would never let somebody skip it and you wouldn't want to skip it you wouldn't want to skip it they're going to sell 25 million playstation 5s just this year okay by the time 2025 rolls around they're going to be i would say so what what's what what are they going to hit the end of this year 40 million 40 million they do another 20 that's 60 another 20 they're going to be somewhere between 70 and 80 million PlayStation 5s if the if the continued growth trend hits okay by the time this comes out if this comes out late 2025 you're going to have 70 to 80 million PlayStation 5s in circulation because the PlayStation 5 will actually see a potential uptick in saturation when the 6 when the when the PS5 Pro comes out cuz they might take the the, the the standard edition and drop it in price and that helps sell it faster there is literally no way a company would want to skip that level of saturation. It's why you're seeing companies put their games on the Nintendo Switch. It's like, there's too many Nintendo Switches to ignore. It's like, we got to figure out how to get our game over there. There's 130 million Nintendo Switches out there. I think the PlayStation 5 is going to be in a similar stance within the marketplace. It's just going to be too big to ignore. A gifted member from Brad. Thank you guys so much for getting even closer to the 25 member goal. Every 25 I give five. We've not missed that goal for well over a year. In about a half an hour, we're going to go to a video. It's my first impressions of God of War Ragnarok Valhalla. And uh, I really, really hope you guys enjoy that video. It's spoiler free. I break down all of the mechanisms and all of the... Uh, the content, but I don't get into details about the story because it is so substantive and awesome that I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Every PlayStation console has released in seven years, Lono. Why would Sony suddenly wait an additional two years? I'll tell you why. Because development bandwidth requirement and size of project and development length is getting longer and I think the sickie threw everything off. The global situation with everybody working from home and chip chipset shortages and hardware shortages I think all of that has thrown everything off. I think that has made the PlayStation 5 planned life cycle. I think it's, it's, it's going to be longer. I think it's going to be 8 to 9 years instead of 7 to 8 years. I think they're extending it. I think some of it is of necessity. They had no control over what happened in 2020 and 2021. No control whatsoever. So this 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 gen got such a slow, rocky start, and now there's jet fuel in the tank. They're doing great. They're saturating like crazy. And the last thing they want to do is cut that cut that tail short. I'm telling you, 2025 marks the middle of the life cycle. A gifted member from Angry Pete. And then a five bomb comes in from Gyra Music. That is six on top of where we are now, taking us to 18 members on the day. Let's see a strong push at 2,500. I believe we can hit it this week. You don't think 2027? No. No way. There, I have a very hard time believing. I'll get to Brad's re-up in a minute. Give me one second. I have a very hard time believing they would launch a PS5 Pro and then two years later launch the six. 
That doesn't, that's, you would just ride the PS5 into the sunset if you were going to do that. Two years of a pro? What's the point? Seriously, think about that. Just envision the math with me. They spend five years with the PS5, and then they launch the Pro, and the Pro's only out for two years. I, I don't, there wouldn't be any, there'd be no sense to that. You would just ride the momentum of the PS5 for two more years, and then just launch the 6. It makes way more sense for 2025 to be the middle of the life cycle. Roughly. Roughly. That's the middle of the life cycle. And then they go for four more years. Nine years of market dominance, of saturation, of developers and publishers preferring your platform. That's what I think their goal is. Will they succeed in that? I think they're on their way to succeeding in that. I think that's why Microsoft said, we got to buy ABK. We need we need a bigger footprint because we're not going to have a footprint. Microsoft can't have a hardware footprint, so they need a software footprint. It's called Jiraiya. Oh, Jiraiya. Thank you so much, Jiraiya Music, for the gifted memberships. 4 Pro came out four years before the 5 dropped. There you go. There you go. There's, there's, I just... I don't, it doesn't stand to reason to drop a PlayStation 5 Pro and then two to three years later just immediately do the 6. That feels lightning fast. Think about it from this perspective. The dev kits, we're getting way off topic, but that's okay. We got about 30 minutes before we're going to go to this God of War video, and I think this is an interesting discussion. And it does touch on Light No Fire, because Light No Fire is going to land in 2025, okay? So the Light No Fire release date is going to land in the midst of all this craziness, all right? That's that's our speculation. That's what we think. That's where we think it's going to land. Okay, track with me here. The PlayStation 5 dev kits are in circulation right now, okay? You got to add five years to that. Minimum. If devs start working on games right now to really harness PS5 Pro dev kit, okay? If the PS5 Pro dev kit is in circulation right now, you got to add five years. It might as well be 2024. It might as well be 2024 because it's December. Add five years of 2024 and what do you get? You get 2029. I, I don't I don't see them launching a PS5 Pro, distributing the dev kits, and in in so people have the dev kits for all of 2024, and you think in three to four years they're going to launch the PS6? That doesn't make any sense. It's like we just finally have some games that are hitting this threshold of cadence and quality and showing off the power of the PS5 Pro, and then you're immediately going to launch a six. It wouldn't shock me in the least if we don't see the PS6 till 2030. I would even, I'd push it out. Wouldn't even surprise me at all. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Because the devs that are going to get their mitts on the dev kits and start cranking out really, really amazing titles that can show off everything this thing can do if the rumors are to be believed, you're going to want those games to start hitting in 2027, 2028, and 2029. Now, that could be the bridge to the next console, so then the cross-generational period between the PS5 Pro and the PS6, but then you got to consider the PS5 too in that. That'd be so weird to leave it behind, but include the Pro in a cross-generational support period. I'm, I'm telling you, dude, I don't know. I think you're going to see a lot longer life cycle for the PS5 this time around. I really do. 2020 and 2021 has changed things and dev cycles have got to be considered in the equation they have to be 
Because you have all these devs right now with the dev kits cooking up games, and they're going to come out in four to five years. Well, four to five years is 2028 and 2029. Think about how long the Xbox One and the PS4 era consoles are getting supported and how weak they are. This generation is probably going to stay supported on the standard even longer. You aren't seeing another gen for a very long time, says Solemn. Paris says, the bits of the LNS trailer, uh, the Light No Fire trailer, where they're running through grass, looks like it might be using temporal anti-aliasing, which the PS5 Pro is rumored to be getting a massive boost to, so it might run high res at 60 FPS. Sony is going to wait for the ARM CPU Cold War to shake out and see what AMD and NVIDIA come up with this decade before locking in an architecture. Right there right there so there's even going to be a hardware element that we're not even talking about that's going to play a factor into what the ps6 even looks like i'm telling you the life cycle of this console is going to surprise folks and don't even think about xbox xbox is going cloud ecosystem route publisher route i don't even think i don't think xbox cares about having a strong console in the next five or six years that's not even on their radar I think they're going to launch that cloud console hybrid and focus on publishing. I think that's what I think that's what they're going to do. I think they're completely bowing out of the hardware battle. They just it's like that's it's not in their it's not in their interest. They don't care about that anymore. The minute they started constraining console distribution this generation so that they could bolster cloud, that was to me the beginning of the end of them pushing hard into hardware. I just don't think they're going to do it. Those dev kits are for games being made now. Games meant to release 2024, 2025, 2026, and 2027. It's not meant for games that haven't started development. Well, I think that's awfully presumptive. You don't think there are companies right now getting their hands on a PS5 Pro dev kit that are starting development? You think nobody's starting development right now? Everybody's in the middle? You're not wrong, Eugene. Plenty of people are already developing games and they're getting their mitts on the dev kit to harness more power and do more with ray tracing or whatever the frick. But there are dev teams right now that are just saying, hey, it's time for us to start our next game. Like, I don't know. Gorilla or Santa Monica. What what do you think they're doing? What do you think they're doing? They probably had the dev kits last year or sometime this year. Okay, if you add five years to this year, you get all the way to 2028. All I'm saying is, I don't think we can look at the past generation cycles of consoles as indicative of what this gen's going to do, because everything changed in 2020 and 2021, and dev cycles are going to get longer. And when that, if you take those two things and you combine them, I think you see PlayStation say, we do not need to rush to the next gen. We don't. We don't need to rush out of PS6. I think games starting development now don't care about console dev kits. They're looking at 2028 and 2029 PC hardware. Yeah, I don't agree with that at all. Because with the with the trajectory of saturation that Sony is set to get, I think you're going to have plenty of developers that are like, we want to make sure our game can run well on these systems. Just like the Switch is going to be impactful in the same way. The Nintendo Switch 2 is going to be impactful in that regard. People are going to say, we got to be able to run on that thing. It's going to saturate the market like crazy. No, nobody's going to ignore these. And also... Anybody developing games right now, how do they set their sights on hardware that doesn't exist yet, Eugene? That doesn't even make any sense. 
that you don't even know what hardware is going to look like in 2028 and 2029. So as a developer, how do you target that? It makes more sense to target hardware that's on a trajectory of market saturation to say, what's built for this? We know there's going to be a consumer base here. First party games are targeting, targeting the PS6. We'll see who ends up being right. We do. I think you can't even really count the first two years. I think 2022, in many respects, is almost like the first, it's like the first year, or 2021. Like, late 2021 is like the first year, 2022 is like the first year. So when 2025 rolls around, you know, three three to four years after that, I'm sorry, 2024. When 2024 rolls around, and, and the pro comes out, I think that's like the mid, that's like the mid life cycle of the console. And that's five years in. Well, I don't think the first year and a half counts. I don't think the first two years really counts. It was a, it was it was not the the ramp up onboarding that they wanted. It was rough. Parasita says Sony will iron out the quirks with the low level inter, uh, interface stuff and just throw the same fastball that they did with the PS5. Would not surprise me if they keep the PS6 on AMD chips in order to keep the current architecture systems and not pull the rug from the devs who have been cranking out such high quality and are used to it. There's a reason all the devs have been making things on PS5 first and then porting to PC or Xbox later. Like why the Starfield dev was so rocky. They got a golden goose and they don't want to abandon it. We 100% know what to expect from consumer hardware in 2028. Uh, in 2029, the hardware makers have roadmaps. I still don't think you're right. I'm not compelled to think that devs are looking at a saturation trajectory and they're going to ignore that and say, we're not going to build games for these systems. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. You have a company that's set to surpass its previous generation of hardware. Then the Nintendo Switch is going to enter the landscape, the Nintendo Switch 2. And if that's set to saturate at a similar rate that the first Switch did, I actually think developers are going to target that instead. It's a more sure thing. They're risk averse. Unless you think they're going to target the high-end PC hardware roadmaps of 2028 and 2029 because you think that's going to impact the consoles themselves. Light No Fire has, a, has an ad on Twitter. Do companies put out ads for games that are not coming out so soon? What do you mean an ad? Oh, they're just promoting the tweet. Meet players from across the globe, build a life, explore, and survive. Um, I don't think that's abnormal, Buffalo, uh, Buffalo Wing Dave, when your game is able to be wishlisted. I think it makes sense to do a marketing push right now because you can wishlist Light No Fire on Steam. Ferrisito says, those roadmaps aren't set in stone and are often generic targets. They don't have specs locked in at all yet. Yeah, I'm telling you, it may... I, I, there, I'm not saying there aren't devs that won't do what Eugene is saying, but what I'm saying is, is that... I was pushing back on the notion that we're going to get a PlayStation 6 in 2028. It wouldn't shock me at all if that gets bumped to 2029 or 2030. It wouldn't shock me at all if they let the PlayStation 5 run for a decade. It just wouldn't surprise me at all. Number one, because the first year and a half 
was not the ideal launch of a brand new console. Number two, dev cycles are getting longer. Number three, the PlayStation 5 Pro is going to be coming out four years into, into the life cycle of the console. So that right there, even if you just double that, takes it to an eight-year life cycle. And I think if you add one extra year because of the first year, because 2020 was terrible, that gets us to 2029. Stop adding years. I'm not trying to add years to like be foreboding. I just think this gen's going to be different. It is. Think about it from this perspective. Another reason this gen's going to be different is because Xbox is bowing out of the hardware battle. I think that's going to have an effect on PlayStation saying we don't need to rush to the next gen. There's no there's no there's no fight there anymore. They can take their time. They like if they're if they're seen as like the only game in town with respect to like high-end console hardware, they can extend the life cycle of that significantly and not feel any rush to go to a PS6 because their goal at that point would be to saturate the market as much as possible with PS5s and PS5 Pros so when the PS6 lands it is a groundswell of demand it wouldn't be a question like the Nintendo Switch 2 will likely have that effect on the market because they saturated so well with the Switch it's going to be insane when the next one drops gonna be impossible to get one that's not 100 confirmed though the leaks indicate another version of the series console they don't they don't indicate that they were planning a variety of things their language about doing another two-tiered thing was so vague what wasn't vague was a hybrid console and satya saying he wants a controller like th- th- those were more concrete than the really vague language about we've already learned this and we're going to do it again next time he was talking about a two-tiered system when he said that none of that none of that indicated that they were going to make a hard push for high-end hardware we don't know xbox is getting out of hardware stop saying that like it's a fact i didn't say they're getting out of hardware i said they're not entering the hardware fight that whatever they launch, Phil Spencer has said, it will not be what everybody else is doing. If that's not him capitulating and saying, we're not fighting that fight anymore, I, I feel like people aren't looking straight-faced at what the man said. He said, with respect to hardware, we believe we can innovate and do something that's unique for Xbox owners, and it's not going to be what everybody else is doing. They can't out-console Sony. So that if they can't, he says they can't out console Sony. And the next thing they're going to do is not what everybody else is doing. They're leaving the hardware fight. I didn't say they're leaving hardware. They're leaving the hardware fight. They are not interested in having a high end console on the market. It's not. It's not what they're going to do. You write that down. Put that on your refrigerator with your grocery list. It's not. They're not doing it. They're walking away from that fight. They're going to be focused primarily on a cloud hybrid access point and an ecosystem in publishing. That's what they're focused on. That's not that's not hate, that's not slamming. That's reading everything they've said and said, this is where they're telling you they're going. And if that comes to fruition, PlayStation's going to take way more time before they feel any pressure to, to push out a PS6. Because look at how it's been up to now. It's like, well, we got to do it at the same time as them. 
We gotta we gotta launch the same time as them. We gotta market at the same time as them. We gotta hit the same talking points as them. That's going away. That's not gonna be a thing anymore. It's not even a thing now. When the PlayStation 5 Pro lands and they can dominate the power narrative, Xbox isn't even going to attempt to enter that discussion. They're going to be focused on play anywhere, cloud, ecosystem language, community-focused language. They're going to be focused on a completely different marketing push. They are walking away from the power narrative. PlayStation is going to push the power narrative. You're going to see a split in how how these companies market their stuff. Up to now, it's always been... We've got our box, they've got their box. That's been how it... The the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4, and then the Series X and the PlayStation 5 was, they've got their box, we've got our box. I think that's changing next year. And it'll never be the same after that. They're going to focus way more on cloud and publishing, and PlayStation's going to focus on market saturation of hardware with things like the Portal and the PSVR 2 and the the PlayStation 5 Pro. They're, They're very different strategies. And if this happens, I think PlayStation has even more reasons to, 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 to take their time and to extend this generation longer than it's ever been. <clears throat> That's what I think. We're talking about the discless Series X coming out with a new controller beyond that. Yeah, I saw people saying they think that's coming. I, that's That's wild. If they have a digital Series X coming, I... If that's not a sign that the hardware fight's changing, if next year you've got one company launching a pro and another company launching a digital version of their of their of the Series X, that's it. That's that's all the signs you need that the, the fights change completely. The way they market against each other is not even gonna look like it used to at all anymore. Did another Xbox leak? There was a variety of things that leaked. We have no idea what what of it is true. It was a hybrid console cloud access point was what the one leak pointed to. So you don't know what's true and what's not. You don't know what's coming and what's not. Phil Spencer himself even said those aren't their plans anymore. We don't know what he's talking about specifically because a lot of stuff came out. There's like four different versions there's like four different versions of uh, of what they could do with hardware coming. We have no idea which one it is. Based on Phil Spencer's remarks, it will not be a box. There will not be a mid-gen update. There will not be a high-end console from them to compete with the PS6. That is not their goal. Phil Spencer has all but said that. Uh... You forgot, this isn't the only leak that is suggested 2027 or 2028. That was nine months ago. Parasitus is going to jump the gun a bit here and see the thought for writers based on this conversation. Is multi-plat release hurting gaming? The PS5 Pro hardware leak alone shows the rift between native capabilities of the Xbox, the PlayStation, and the PC. It's very difficult for devs to properly implement the same systems across multiple environments. I predicted a long time ago, I have a stream where I predicted that the PS5 Pro would be market disruptive. I I did that stream on August 1st of this year. I believe that the PS5 Pro will be market disruptive because I believe they are primarily targeting developers more than consumers. <clears throat> and if you pro, if you if you if you target the developers, you're going to change the landscape of gaming where they land and where they launch. And I think that was already happening with the PlayStation 5. I think 
I think there was a magnetism already taking place in the market, and that's why Xbox went after ABK. If you look at the language around ABK, you can clearly see part of the motivation was they're going to get another exclusive. We can't have that, right? We got to put a stop to this. Well, what was happening? I'm telling you what was happening. Mark Cerny was happening. Building a box that's really easy for devs to build for. That's really appealing. We've, we've said for years, right, that publishers and developers are risk averse. So they don't like to take risks and they always do the same games or the same formats or the same sequels or the same remakes. Why do they do that? Because they're risk averse. Do you know what speaks to risk averse publishers and developers? You know what speaks to that? Look how easy it is to make games for our systems. We listened to what developers wanted, and we baked it in. And if they did it again with the PS5 Pro, because based on the earliest leaks, that's where things were... It was like, oh, they're going to help you accelerate ray tracing. Well, all research points to the fact that developers want to leverage more ray tracing because it automates the lighting work, and it makes things significantly easier for them. So I predicted, and I said, I think the PS5 Pro is going to be market disruptive. I think you're going to draw more developers to make games for this system first. And when that happens, you don't have to spend as much money on a contract or an exclusivity. You don't even have to worry about that. You basically have created a magnetism to your platform. This is why ABK happened. ABK was their attempt to say we're going to lose the hardware footprint battle and because we're losing the hardware footprint battle we're going to lose the battle for developers and content. The content war is is going to handily go to that side if we don't do something right now. So what do they do? They buy Activision Blizzard. So, so now what? Well, they don't have to have a hardware footprint. They have a software footprint. They can leverage that software footprint with marketing power, promoting Game Pass, putting themselves on TVs, phones, tablets, PCs. They're making money from companies like Nintendo and PlayStation. They completely took the strategy out of the previous stadium. And they're like, it's like that point in the movie, The Founder, where he says, you're not in the restaurant business, you're in the real estate business. It's like he clued the guy into like, this is how you win. This is how you get underneath the restaurant business battle that you're having. You buy all the real estate. That's what Xbox said. We're going to buy the real estate. We're going to buy the content. So if what we're hearing is true about the PlayStation 5 Pro, that's why I said in the past, I think it'll be market disruptive. Because... If you look at the market realities of development, budgets, projects, all of it's getting more expensive. What This is some of the causality behind the overabundance of microtransactions and pre-order bonuses and everything else. If companies can avoid some of those trappings by building for one system and it keeps the budget smaller, it keeps the project smaller, it comes to market faster, it's more optimized, which means you get better customer response and better review scores, that will be impactful on where developers go. And if that starts to happen, then I think that's even more grounds for PlayStation to not push the PlayStation 6 out in 2028. Here's our console. It's new. It's stronger than the competition. Already has high market cross saturation. Uses the same dev environment that you guys have been used to for years. Doesn't have two miles of barbed wire for you to crawl through so that we can kneecap you because of our economy option. Right. Um, That's where I think things are going to be headed in the future and that's why I think PlayStation will have even more grounds to say we don't need to push out. We don't need to. We don't. We do not need to push this out. We don't need to push out a, a PlayStation Six as soon as we originally planned. 
if the things go in the direction that I see them going, they will have all the internal motivation and mechanisms to say, we can wait on a PlayStation 6. Because if you wait on a PlayStation 6 a year, and you're able to maybe even get it a little bit stronger or a little bit better... I, there's all sorts of things that you benefit from if you if you wait a little bit in that in that in that realm. So, I just think this gen's going to be this gen is going to end up very different than a lot of the. the everybody thought it was going to be a knockdown dragout fight between two powerhouse consoles, right? The world's most powerful console, and then the PS5. I think people thought it was just going to be this 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 fight of titans, and it's just not going that way at all. It's it's very very different. One platform is evolving right in front of us, and the other platform is is going out and going to have a very different, I think, Apple-esque identity. I think PlayStation is going to feel more like Apple in the next couple of years. So. We typically go to a premiere at noon. That is in seven minutes, and I need seven more members to hit 25 on the day, and then I'll give five in the premiere. My premiere today is the God of War Ragnarok Valhalla First Impressions creature. I'm going to need a thumbnail for the members-only debrief. This has been a really fun stream, and I think everything we just said is related to games like Light No Fire. We're going to see more and more games targeting like launch dates of 2025 and 2026, and the PlayStation 5 Pro is going to be a part of that conversation. I really do. Uh, we haven't done a show on the PlayStation 5 Pro because the stats and the specs are allegedly going to leak any day now because the dev kits are getting in the hands of developers. And the minute that happens, the leak will the leaks will take place. Five members from Parasito. He says, we're not going to miss our streak here. And he pushes us to 23 members on the day. Thank you so much, Parasito. We've been trying to push about 100 members a day, so we're not going to hit that today. We didn't really, we didn't really have uh, the the same turnout that we've been getting because this was I I knew this was going to be like a slightly different stream, but I wanted to do this because I'm heavily, heavily interested in this title. It was a little bit more self indulgent. This was a topic that I was passionate about, and I think those make for good shows. You guys seem to enjoy it. I enjoyed it. Make sure you guys smash the like button before we get out of here as well. We need 18 more likes to hit 300 likes. We appreciate uh, the support of the channel so, so much. Even when we get on, uh, you know, maybe like a lesser, lesser known topic. Maybe you didn't even hear much about this light, no fire yet. And we've now put it on your radar and, uh, and you can check it out and, uh, and you can wishlist it now on steam. And we're going to continue to follow that game's development. We're going to continue to follow uh, this game's this game's, uh, you know, the the advertisements and the stuff that they put out there, and I, that, that to me, I think is 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 an interesting topic and discussion. Given, especially, especially given that it is uh, from the makers of No Man's Sky, and given Hello Games' history, I think this is going to be a really, really interesting one to watch. So, would actually love to see Sony use up uh, the same Apple ecosystem ideology but would hate to have them take the same management practices. Oh, for sure. Joker Quinn gifts a member and puts us one member away from 25. Who's going to slam us home today? I will gift the five members that I owe you guys in the premiere. That premiere is going to go live in uh, five minutes. I got to schedule. I always schedule that uh, basically right before we go over. We might have to push it, though. I don't know if I want to have the thumbnail in time. We'll see. Um... 
Apparently this was from Phil in an interview. We know that for players, especially Xbox players, where we come from is people sitting in front of their television with a console plugged into their television. It's what developers are targeting. It's what so many of us play. Console is critical to the success of what we're doing today in the future of Xbox. It's not the only thing we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on allowing player choice, but we know that console is the core of how people think. Box is in the name of our product, Xbox. Console is critical to what we are building. Yeah, I believe the next thing they build is the console hybrid. I think they are building a box. I think they will have another console. I don't think they're going to be fighting the powerful hardware fight anymore. That's what I've continued to say. My pushback has continued to be like they're they're walking away from that fight. God of War, Ragnarok, Valhalla, Debrief. That's the fight they're walking away from. I don't think they're... they're, I've never said they're abandoning hardware. I I think they're going to have a console hybrid, and I think they want to have the console hybrid because of a lot of what he said. They want to have that appearance and that semblance of, like, we're Xbox, we have a box, you go to the store, you buy the box. Like, I think think what he's saying is 100% accurate. But I think what's missing from what he's saying is the fact that they will not be pushing this high-end hardware front anymore they're the they're, they're not that's just not what they're going to do this always gets construed and misrepresented right i've been misquoted 10 times over but that's not i'm not saying they're leaving hardware there won't be any more hardware because people be like you know listen to this dumb pony look at what phil said look at what phil said they're still going to do hardware yes they're abandoning the high-end hardware front that's not their goal any longer it's going to look very different you know, they they have completely walked away from the power narrative, and that's something none of those people will ever talk about. They, 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 they will never talk about that. They won't. The people that shift, the people that shift narrative on a dime, you know, to support that platform and to defend that platform, they will never talk about the fact that the freaking power narrative has been completely abandoned. It is non-existent. It is gone. And the reason it's non-existent and the reason that it's gone is because it's not their focus. They, they constrained they constrained distribution of the console in favor in favor of cloud like you don't do that if that's if, if that's still your plan and that's still your focus going forward you don't you don't and none of this is hate it's just observation of behavior and marketing and talk it's like this is what they've said I'm just telling you what they've said and what they've done Right? Jiraiya Music is the one that pushes us past. Nick gets us to 25, and the Agent of Chaos is Jiraiya Music. And I can't extend it. That's it. That's 25 at the buzzer. I'm going to give you guys a link in chat, and then we are going to go. If you want to know my thoughts, spoiler free of God of War Ragnarok Valhalla. We had an amazing day with it yesterday. This video is going to premiere in like 30 seconds. So smash the like button on this video if you haven't done so already we only need eight more likes and then click that link in chat or i'll redirect you over there uh this is spoiler free and i heavily tell you why you should be checking out god of war ragnarok valhalla but i don't go into details about the story because i don't want to ruin it for you it's just that good so let's head over there thank you guys so much i'll see you over there i'll gift the members over there in the premiere